Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Oh, what's going on, everybody? Hope you're enjoying your late night slash early morning. Lots going on. Lots happening in the sports world over here. So a lot of preseason stuff. Going on. And then the Padres as well. Padres get some bad news. Fernando Jr. suspended for 80 games. The old, and we've heard this a thousand times, I inadvertently took some medication to treat ringworm. And it triggered a positive PED test. If I had a nickel for every time I heard that one, you know. Be a rich man right now. Be a rich man, but... A few of the things from the uh, the world of ball caught my attention. So, um, Deshaun Watson. I know, I know. He was in action. You might be tired of hearing about this. I'm not going to do uh, 50 minutes on it. I'm going to give you uh, a couple of minutes here real fast. But Deshaun Watson, he played in the Browns' first preseason game. Actually started the game. There was some speculation, hey, maybe there would be a punishment that was handed down where if it was if it went into effect right before the game that he wouldn't be allowed to play in the preseason either if it was just an undefined period of time right he wouldn't be allowed to play in the preseason but that didn't happen 
And so Deshaun was on the field as the starting quarterback for the Browns, and it was freaking brutal. It was awful. The Browns looked sloppy, sloppy, sloppy. It was just a calamity of errors over there. We're talking Deshaun's first pass was inaccurate. There were there was a dropped pass. There were penalties. There was a false start penalty. There was a holding penalty. Trayvon Walker, the number one overall pick, he got off the line of scrimmage, and then Jedrick Wills, former first-round pick, just had to hold him. Just had to hold him. It was bad. Punt, fumble, punt. Those were the three possessions where Deshaun was on the field. Only one for five, seven yards on the evening. It was his first NFL action in 586 days. And it looked like it. Now, he made a a public apology, the first one, before the game. It was pre-recorded. It appeared on the Browns TV pregame show. We'll get to that in a little bit, but uh, interesting timing, to say the least, right? It's the same night of the first preseason game for Deshaun with the Browns. It's before the appeal punishment is handed down. Oh, and by the way, it's after... Numerous times of him saying that he didn't do anything disrespectful to any women at any time during these massages. So, curious, curious, curious timing. I've got some real estate on the Brooklyn Bridge. If you buy this, it's just... At the timing of it, you can't buy any of it. Based on what Deshaun had said before, when the apology is coming out exactly, this isn't... It's much different if the punishment had been handed down. Let's just say it's uh, let's say it's twelve games, ten million dollars for the sake of argument. Let's say that's what the punishment is. If Deshaun says these things after that, that's a lot different than before the punishment is handed down. It just seems like you're trying to create some good favor here. Just hey, hey, take it easy on me a little bit, if you could, appeals officer. It just doesn't land well. Doesn't land well. Now, as far as football goes, though, Jacoby Brissett did not play. Yeah, you know the guy that's penciled in as the starter come week one. He he didn't play. He didn't, he didn't get on the field. Which I... Look, man, I'm not trying to do the people's elbow on a dead horse. Uh, I'm beating a dead horse over here, but it makes absolutely no sense to me. This isn't like Aaron Rodgers with the Packers. Aaron Rodgers didn't play in the first preseason game for Green Bay on Friday night. Aaron Rodgers has started 206 NFL games, okay? It's a lot different. He's played for the Packers his whole career. Jacoby Brissett is on a brand new team, and as of right now, he's expected to be the week one starter. How does he not get on the field? Not exactly a top 10 quarterback, not exactly been on this team for a long period of time. It's brand new and didn't get on the field. It's just stupid to me. I think it's a stupid plan by Cleveland right there. I'm Brian No here on Fox Sports Radio. Now, let's switch gears relating to ball. A couple of takeaways. Trevor Lawrence, former number one overall pick, right? Looked pretty good with Jacksonville. Now, we have to preface everything here. Everything with preseason takeaways. It really needs to be starters versus starters, ones versus ones. I really need to see that. And that was the case for Trevor Lawrence out there. And we also know it's a lot of vanilla stuff 
a lot of vanilla defenses. So if it's starters versus starters, that gives you a decent indication where some of these players are, although not a true indication because you're facing a lot of vanilla stuff. All right, with all that being said, there were some nice throws from Trevor Lawrence. And also, the biggest takeaway is he looks like he has a head coach who knows what he's doing on the NFL level. That's pretty important right there. Urban Meyer, not exactly hitting the ground running as the Jags head coach last year, right? Didn't exactly work out. Now with Doug Peterson, who has won a championship before as head coach, with the Eagles, of course, former NFL quarterback, looks like the offense is more tailored to Trevor Lawrence's skill set over there. A lot of bootlegs, using him in the running game every now and then. There was a nice run by Trevor Lawrence, tastefully done, slid, didn't take the punishment. Very nice, very nice. And uh, using his athleticism, he's a really good bootleg quarterback, really good play-action, move-the-pocket type quarterback. So I like that. That looked good. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to take a big step forward this season. You can't underestimate how bad of a job Urban Meyer did last season. I'm not going to say everything was Urban's fault and none of it was Trevor Lawrence's fault. A lot of it was rookie growing pains as well. But I think with the year under Lawrence's belt, now with a new head coach who has won a ring at the NFL level before, I think he's in a much better position. I expect him to take a big step forward. Also, Trayvon Walker, the number one overall pick from this last draft, right? He was in action, too. And like I said, he drew a holding penalty. He could make an impact in year one. At one point, this dude was lining up on the slot receiver. Bucky Brooks. Shout out to him. He does radio here for us at Fox Sports Radio, right? Does an awesome job. He was uh, on the broadcast for the Jaguars TV side. And he pointed it out. He was like, that's insane. (laughs) It's insane that one minute... Trayvon Walker is rushing the quarterback and beating Jedrick Wills, who was a first-round pick, and the next second, he's on a slot receiver guarding that guy in space. That's insane versatility right there. So you could see uh, Trayvon Walker be an impact player in year one. Now, if we switch to another game here where there's a big storyline... The J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Oh, man. New season, new hope. Huh? The three first-round picks. Like what they did. We get Garrett Wilson. J-E-T-E-Jets. Yeah. Let's let's get some Sauce Gardner in there. Okay. All right. Now we're talking. First quarter, Zach Wilson throws an interception. (laughs) First quarter, Zach Wilson scrambling, and there was a knee injury. Non-contact knee injury. And the fear right now, you got to whisper it because you don't want to say it out loud. Uh, you know, you don't want to you know, throw it out there too loudly. But uh, the three dreaded letters of ACL. Like it's. It, it, it could maybe maybe when you have a non-contact injury like that you got to worry you got to worry that it might be that there's an MRI scheduled for Saturday that will reveal the extent of the knee injury obviously fingers crossed everything's good 
But man, I don't know about you. Whenever there's a receiver, a quarterback, DB, what have you, and it's the non-contact injury while they were cutting, they were switching direction. That's I I hope it's going to be okay. Hope it's going to be all right. But a couple of things here, you know, playing in the preseason, I, I bang this drum every year, and I'll try to keep it painless for you right now. There will be some of those people out there. Why is he even playing in the preseason? Why's what? You might be one of those people. I just I will never understand the thought process of treating the preseason as if it's from another galaxy compared to practice. Like training camp practices or joint practices or there are live sessions in practice, right? Nobody objects to that ever. Have you ever heard anyone, any one of your friends, anybody from the media, have you ever heard anyone like, what's he out there practicing? What's he out there in a live practice session where he could get hit and could get hurt? Do you ever hear that? I've never heard that. Yet, when it's a preseason game, this is a completely different ball of wax over here. Totally different than training camp practices. I just think that's crazy. So I... If Zach Wilson is playing deep into the fourth quarter of the first preseason game, I'd be like, that's a little weird. But you get him a couple of series? I don't think that's crazy at all. It's just football. Sometimes stuff happens. Remember Teddy Bridgewater with the Minnesota Vikings? He suffered an injury that almost ended his career. It was in practice. Was anyone like, why was he getting reps in practice? Nobody ever said that. But Zach Wilson gets hurt. Hopefully it's not serious. But man, if it is a serious injury, rest assured you're going to hear all of those hot takes. You're going to hear all of that venom. Oh my gosh, what was he doing out there in the first place? Now this is, you talk about a slip. This is the Jets head coach, Robert Sala. His thoughts after the game and the knee injury to Zach Wilson, here's what the coach had to say. Until they dig, they won't know. They know when they... Yeah, that part is supposed to be intact. So, but again, guys, let's just wait until the ACL. Or the uh, MRI. Let's wait until... Yeah, let's just wait until the MRI, yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's just... No big deal, man. It's just a mistake. But of all mistakes, guys, let's just let's let's not overreact here. Let's just let's wait till the ACL. Oh, I mean the uh, my bad, my bad. The MRI. I meant the MRI over there. It's whew, man, rough start for the Jets, 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 Jets over there. But again, hopefully it's okay. But I think it's absurd to. You know, point the finger at Robert Sala or the Jets organization. And I say this, if you're going to be second guessing, you have to be first guessing. You have to have an issue with Zach Wilson getting any time in the preseason before you have access to the results, which in this case is a non-contact right knee injury. Before you know that, I need you in the pregame to be like, why is he out? I need you to be first guessing. Before your second guess makes sense. you got to be consistent with that. And so who was out there? Why is he getting any blank? I don't think there's anybody saying that. So I don't want to hear all these second guesses after the fact. Don't want to hear it. But I do want to hear from you. 
feel free to hit us up. 877-99-ON-FOX is your phone number. Also available on Twitter for you. At The No Show is where you can reach me. Okay, we're off and running. We got to get to some of these other preseason performances. Trey Lance looked pretty good. Jordan Love, eh, mixed bag. Aiden Hutchinson, shout out to Chris, our technical director, and his Lions. Lions in the headlines over here. I'll give you a couple of Lions thoughts. And also, coming up, we will get to the reaction from an organization based on some bad news. And this wasn't the organization figuratively putting their arm around this player and like, yeah, we all make mistakes. This was like, what the hell, dude? Again? Freaking again? I'll get to that right around the corner. I'm Brian No, Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm Brian No here on Fox Sports Radio. Man, big theme of hard knocks, huh? Dan Campbell, head coach of the Lions, big time into No Leaf Clover, the Metallica song over there. Yeah, that was like the big, th- one of the big things. There was a lot of good points in that, but that was like the song that tied the episode together. He starts with a talk, with a talk that, using the line right here, freight train coming your way. Uh-huh. And he's re- he references the song itself. And then they tie the episode together at the end with playing this over the scrimmage game. And so the whole thought is he wants the Lions to be the freight train, He wants right? to be the light at the end of the tunnel for other teams, but it's a freight train coming their way. I gotcha, yeah. That's cool. I could just picture Dan Campbell hopped up on coffee, driving to the facility, just God, that jamming no-leaf clover. That is, you know what I'm saying? 
That is still an unreal coffee order. <laughs> it's, For those who don't know, that's like two. It's like two venti black eyes, which is like what you got two espresso shots in it or something. It's insane. Yeah, I might even have that audio somewhere where he was detailing the amount of coffee he drinks. Yeah, and he's just talking. Yeah, get a couple of shots of espresso, just throw them in there. You know, he's not messing around here. With his coffee intake. They showed him doing all the up-downs on Hard Knocks, too. And he was definitely getting after it. He is, he's a hard guy to dislike. I'll say that much. You know, he's just passionate. Someone that has true passion for what they do and isn't a complete jerk, it's hard to dislike him, I think. There's there's a lot of good moments. I know you haven't seen it yet, but from Hard Knocks itself, like there's a, there's a really good moment where he's addressing the team, telling them, like, all I do is think about you guys and yeah, this team. I've, and I've seen like, that. Like that that's that's real from him. That's genuine from him. Yeah, I know it. Yeah, I've seen bits and pieces, and they've done a really good job of uh, putting the best pieces of that episode out there. Like the Aiden Hutchinson, the singing thing of Billy Jean. There oh, was Jamal Williams breaking down the huddle. That was tremendous. Did they right show uh, Deuce Staley, who's the assistant head coach, and? Um, uh, Aaron Glenn just jawing at each other because that was a big thing too. Those two. No, I didn't see that part. The, the big thing for the Lions is like their entire coaching staff is nearly all former NFL players. Right. And Deuce and Aaron were like talking. First, they have a clip of him saying, like, looking, it's like, don't be afraid to tell someone you love them. And it's like, Deuce and Stale, uh, Deuce and Glenn were like, I love you, man, but I want to beat your ass between the lines. <laughs> and then it's them like during practice, whenever the offense, or the defense does something good, they get in the other guy's face and just start heckling him. It's. I mean, I like what he's building over there. I like the whole, I don't know, like the just the whole vibe. I don't expect them to go, you know, like 12 no, and 5. It's a slow build. <laughs> they can't stop the run. Kind of an issue over there, Chris. You know, yeah, like- Mariota, what was that first drive? <laughs> Left 61 yards, 8.1 yards per play. Yeah. Mariota, they just, Aiden Hutchinson had that one move, but then they, they started double teaming Aiden Hutchinson. Quite the honor for a rookie. Yeah. But then after that, like, yeah, they could not set the edge at all. Hutchinson looked good. This was a portion from Hard Knocks. Dan Campbell who is quickly becoming America's coach, I, I feel like. Here's, uh, here's Dan Campbell talking to the guys. What are we? What makes us what we are and what we're going to be? I think it's that right there. It's grit. And what does it mean? In a nutshell, I think it means this. We'll go a little bit longer, we'll push a little harder, and we'll think a little deeper and a little sharper. It means we're unbreakable. Like To me, it means we'll play anywhere. We'll play on grass. We'll play in turf. We'll go to landfill. Doesn't matter. And that's what we got to be. That's who we have to be. Because we'll tread water as long as it takes to bury you. Let's go to work, man. It's about to be fun. O and D. I dig it. Talking about grit. That would be the slogan. You know, I don't know if that's going to be their official hashtag or a little bit what. of a mixed metaphor on like going into the water to bury you. But I respect <laughs> speaking of other metal bands. That was a very <laughs> death clock uh, metalocalypse part there. You know, go into the water. Uh huh. Just, you know, if you've ever done like a, if you ever done off the cuff speech and he probably did that all off the cuff, you're going to mix metaphors like that. You're going to say stuff like going into the water to bury someone. Yeah, I didn't that, even that notice just, that. Just I makes didn't even more notice authentic the like that. He's he's not he's definitely not prepped that speech at all. He's just all from the heart. It works. It, we're, we're gonna basically bide our time and, and just wait as long as it takes to bury you. 
And uh, yeah, I get it with uh, treading water is kind of the weird way I'm to go. I'm pretty sure but at the end of that speech is also the no leaf clover part too. So I'm sad. You know what I think of? of I got to tell you this real fast. I always associate no leaf clover. This shows you how long the song has been out. It was when Dan Marino's jersey was retired. Oh, I was still in college at the time. So what? S and M would have been like? Was that nine? It was. Was that ninety nine, ninety seven? I don't know. Yeah, somewhere around there. But when Dan Marino had his jersey retired, this is somewhere around two thousand ish, right around there. He's he's walking out to midfield, and they're playing. The and that was always the running joke. My roommate at the time, great friend of mine, Cheese is his nickname, right? Yeah. So they were and Cheese and I both thought it was hilarious, right? We always, anytime we heard No Leaf Clover, we would act like Dan Marino was almost like a, you know, how the uh, like the Miss America pageants, how they kind of like wave one way and then they wave the other way, or kind of like a. Uh, I don't know, kind of like a uh, like a parade, more like a parade where you kind of wave one way, wave the other way. That's what Dan Marino was doing. So anytime we heard that breakdown part of the song, we would act like Dan Marino, just kind of like waving to both sides. Yeah, but it goes all the way back to that when Marino's number was. Yeah, retired. it looks like they recorded in April of '99, released in November. By the way, that song's original to that album, right? Like they they composed that with the yeah, Safe I believe Store so. Orchestra. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. That before. And it works so well with the orchestra, man. You can tell it. Some of those songs, it's like, hey, let's play battery with a uh, an orchestra behind us. It's like, yeah, it doesn't really work. Not for me, at least. But that song, you can tell, was written specifically with a, a symphony in mind. It works great. It's an awesome song. And we know Dan Campbell jams to that regularly. <laughs> Guaranteed. That might be his alarm clock over there. All right, we've got Kevin Figures with us this evening as well. And he's going to spin us around the sporting landscape. What's going on, K-Fig? All right, Brian. Well, the big story in sports tonight, uh, still trending. The Padres shortstop Fernando Tatis Jr. suspended for 80 games by Major League Baseball for violating the performance-enhancing drug policy. He was on a rehab assignment in San Antonio, set to rejoin the team uh, here in the next couple of weeks. But uh, not going to happen now. Going to miss the remainder of this year and an early part of next year's schedule. That will be determined based on how many playoff games, if they actually make the playoffs at this point in time, they currently occupy the final wild card spot in the National League. He also cannot participate in the World Baseball Classic for the Dominican Republic. Uh, the Padres did defeat Washington 10 to 5 on Friday. Juan Soto, the homecoming in Washington, two hits and an RBI. Uh, That's pretty interesting. I didn't yeah. know it would be the the WBC. Also, they're like, no, yeah. screw you. You're not in this either. <laughs> yeah, I guess as part of this uh, entire organization they have with Major League Baseball and the WBC, it's all tied together with the performance enhancing uh, drug policy. So, a little disappointing because I don't know how you Man. feel about the WBC there, Brian. But uh, it's pretty yeah, I exciting. Like it. Yeah, I like it. You know, I, one of the main reasons I love it is because it really sticks in my mind even more. Like who plays for which country. Like, when sure. they're playing in this thing, I'll never forget, like, you know, Pujols is Dominican or Yachty is from Venezuela. It just, it reaffirms it. So, yeah, I like it for that reason primarily. But how about the pods there, K-Fig? They are not like, well, we all make mistakes. They're like, what the hell, dude? Again, something else? Yeah, uh, A.J. Preller didn't mince words in his statement. Mike Clevenger <laughs> went after him in his postgame statements saying he needs to grow up. Uh, and look, rightfully so. I mean, they went all in. They pretty much traded their entire minor league system for Juan Soto. 
hoping a guarantee for the next three seasons they will be able to have Soto and Tatis in there. And this is going to be one postseason run. They will not have one of their better players. So uh, so that's tough. I'll spin you around a couple of extra games in Major League Baseball. You got the Twins with a 4-0 victory over the Angels in Anaheim, snapping a three-game skid. Dodgers win their 11th in a row. They defeat Kansas City 8-3. Julio Rodriguez back in the lineup for Seattle. Two RBI. They defeated the Rangers. Aaron Judge home run number 46 on the season, but the Yankees lost to Boston in extras 3-2. St. Louis a victory over Milwaukee. Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado with home runs. And, of course, the big story tonight out of the NFL in the preseason, Jets quarterback Zach Wilson limping off of the field with a knee injury in the first mm. quarter of their game against the Eagles. He will have an MRI on Saturday. Back to Brian No. You know, K-Fig, I don't know if Yadier Molina is going to be in the WBC, but for my sake, he needs to be because he's from Puerto Rico. I said he was from Venezuela. I need to see him suiting up for Puerto Rico so it can hopefully stick with me the next time I reference it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I understand. The big thing for me, too, with the WBC, too, not to get too much on a baseball tangent here, but just the the amount of passion that the fans have, especially from the other countries. You know, people here, you know, they're sitting down. They have a hot dog. They bring out – if you're in L.A., they break out the beach balls. They're half paying attention. (laughs) It's like a soccer atmosphere with a lot of these countries and the way way that the the fans are so excited. So that's why I look forward to it. And I hope that at some point in time we can have that sort of passion for baseball here like those countries have there. I wish we did. It's embarrassing. It really is because our attitude in the States mostly is like, why Why are you going to risk injury? You know, like yeah. eh, my preference would be that you didn't play that type of thing. But you're right. Those other countries, dude, they are all freaking in. You remember during the pandemic, we had KBO, the Korean baseball? I uh, do. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, that them in Japan, like their fans really get down too. Like every oh, every every other country that loves baseball seems to have like this great atmosphere for both fans and players at games. We just kind of treat it as a old stodgy, you know, yeah thing. I know our thing. It's our approach is a lot different, man. There's no doubt about that. All right, let me get out to the phones here. Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox is your phone number. My good buddy Paul in Rhode Island. Look at this. He is ready. He's in, he's kind of like a sprinter. You know, right? like he's in the the blocks, he's ready and he he just needs that that starter's gun and boom, he's off and running. You go for it, Paul from Rhode Island. What do you have for us, buddy? Well, what I have is this. Okay, I'm a disturbed man today and I've been for, for a couple of years. When it comes to the NFL, you, if you these varsity uh starters, they just played 17, 16 games. Why are we playing these these starters in these preseason games? I'll answer your and, question, and, Paul, because some of them are very young players. They haven't been playing very much. Some of them are young players who sucked last year who need more reps. Some of them are players that are on new teams and new systems. I mean, there are many reasons why you play in the preseason. But the, 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 there's, a, there's a space there that some of these players have been waiting two years to play. I understand that part. But as far as quarterbacks, I, I don't understand. You got young guys pushing thirty-three-year-olds, thirty-year-olds out because the NFL wants to see this new uh, type of offense, and they're hiring coaches, offense. They're hiring uh, defense uh, coaches, the younger, that the blend in with how these young players want to receive it. Nobody wants to see a Bill Belichick. Nobody wants to see, in my time, the Woody Hayes type of coaches 
It just doesn't work. But you're taking a chance. You just saw 17 games last year of these, some of these quarterbacks, and it's, it's insane what they do. I'm not saying that Deshaun Watson. It's not insane at all. It's not insane at all. Like, do you have no? a problem, Paul? Do you have a okay, problem with some of these guys playing in practice? Do you get bent out of shape that you can get injured in practice also? I don't know why people like you have such a problem with some reps in the preseason. It makes no sense to me. It, it, it just, it, you, you can, like, let, let's, let's take, I have two favorite teams, the Patriots and, and, and the Lions. Goff, he had no business being there. No business being there. We're trying to raise our caliber to go to at least a wild card this year. Can you imagine? I don't know why you look. Why are you looking at this? Just it's all pessimistic. Jared why why aren't you optimistic last at all? Year and he needed. They've got a new offensive coordinator. He kind of needs to play. Well, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so, you do you think that this should go on forever? Like certain high market teams don't play their quarterbacks. So certain low market teams should play the quarterbacks. The fans don't need to see what they just. They're not got. doing it but for the fans. They're not doing yes, it. Yes, they the are. Fans. They no, have they're to not. Be. They're not Come doing. Come on, Brian, help me out here. Paul, me I got, I'm trying to help you out. You're not listening. They're not playing their main guys for the fans. I guarantee you there isn't one head coach in the NFL that's you. thinking, you know what, we got to get these preseason attendance numbers up. So what we're going to do, we're going to play our starters for two series, and boom, results. Like, that's absurd. They're not thinking that at all. Okay, okay, I agree with you. Here's, here's my point. Look what happened, let's say the Jets, I could give a damn about the Jets. Look what happened to this kid today. Nobody touched him. Nobody touched them. You think that that a coach, high a nice high market guy, comes from San Francisco to New York, and you think he's you? What's in his his, his paperwork for next week? That's that's a shame. Like again, it's football. Paul, I don't know what to tell you. Like these people, like you, like Sean McVay, it works for him. That doesn't mean it works for everybody to rest all the starters all preseason long. He got out there. He the needs starters. some reps. Do not play Zach, the Wilson. Zach Wilson is not exactly – Paul, dude, my goodness. Zach I'm Wilson sorry. is not exactly on the same level as Matthew Stafford. Okay? Yes. So no Zach way. Wilson needs more reps than Matthew Stafford did even being on a new team last year. You are I, correct. You are correct. Yes, and I apologize. But here's the deal. These, there's, there's, there's vicious uh, 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 players on the other side that will pop you in the middle of the field. You can get hurt, and there goes the guy's career for 17 games. That's called okay. defense. Yeah. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of jealousy. There's a lot of jealousy in the beginning of the, se- the season. Guys who sit back and guys that have been on the bench for two years there's a lot of... Okay, uh, all right. We get it, Paul. We get it. Why okay. don't you look at the benefits, though? Trey Lance got on the field for the 49ers. Threw a touchdown pass. Looked pretty good. Those reps help him. It helps his development. Are you he upset did. about that? He didn't I'm get not. hurt. He's not, not on the shelf. Okay, so you I'm can't not. just pick and choose. Zach Wilson gets hurt, and what the hell were the Jets doing? Trey Lance doesn't get hurt, and you're, 
you're like, okay, it, it worked well. Like, you can't pick and choose. Like, you have to know if you're going to play some of the starters, some bad things could happen. You have to know that going in. Okay, thank you for my call, and I'm sorry to uh, disturb you. Okay. <laughs> He's sorry. Paul's sorry. Yeah. It's just, I don't know, man. I, look, a guy like Sean McVay might be like, right on. Right on, Paul from Rhode Island. That's why I don't play my starters. Preach. Some people believe uh, and have that same viewpoint as Paul right there. I just it's disagree with It's rough when it's it. a non-contact injury like Zach Wilson. That literally happens at any point. That's not even the result yeah. of a hit. You don't so. even have to be live in practice to suffer an injury like that. Like You could be going thud. Uh, and if you cut the wrong way, it's going to happen. So I... Look, man, I just think that it is it's too much of a simplistic second guess. On a, if I remember correctly, wasn't there a defensive back on Hard Knocks a few years ago who got like burned in training camp or preseason and it like ended his career? He was an older defensive back. He was on the Falcons. He was D'Angelo Hall. Oh, if I'm uh, not mistaken. Yeah, if it did yeah, happen with D'Angelo. He got yeah. He was going up against the wide receiver in practice, and the wide receiver turned him inside out. He tore his ACL, and he was done. Yeah, it can happen anytime. It, it's absolutely, football, it man. Can. It sucks, but it's football. Yeah. <laughs> like if yeah. a lot of former players too all talk about, you know, building up the calluses of the arm or going back to Dan Campbell. I'm pretty sure he said that too. He was like, "This is the best you're going to feel all year." A lot of those old guys believe in you've got to take the hits to not get hurt down right. the line. So I don't know. As you say, there's different systems for everyone. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't get it. But it's like clockwork. Every single year, if there's an injury in the preseason, why was that guy on the field to begin with? Every year, it's like clockwork. It's like we said, it's football. Sometimes unfortunate stuff happens. But I just, I will never understand how the reaction differs so greatly. If Zach Wilson got hurt the same way in practice, and there was video of it, and you saw it unfold the exact same way. No one would have an issue with it. They'd be like, wow, that's really unfortunate. He got hurt like that. Do we do this with any other sport? Like, maybe there's some of that in Summer League, maybe, but I don't, we don't do this with any other sport. We don't, don't hand know. ring over practice and preseason with any other sport I, about injuries. It's strange, man. Nobody's it's coming to, tr- to spring training and being like, why are you having a pitcher, you're starting pitcher throwing? Yeah. People are weird, man. <laughs> it happens sometimes. It's just, it's like uh, the preseason is like bullfighting. You know, it's like preseason is the red cape. And uh, it's just like these fans are like bulls just trying to hit the red cape. Like freaking, you know, they dislike it. That's just how it is. All right, uh, coming up next, we will get to the uh, the organization that is not exactly having the back of uh, one of their players and we'll get to the calls as well. Some people want to check in. Feel free to do so. 877-99 on Fox. I'm Brian No, Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code 
Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. No, here on Fox Sports Radio. Yeah, reacting to Zach Wilson going down the Jets quarterback. Non-contact injury. On his right knee, he did have a uh, a PCL injury last year. He missed four games because of that. So we're obviously hoping it's not serious. It could be, but it hasn't been confirmed yet. We don't know if it's a devastating knee injury or if it's something manageable, something hopefully that's minor. I don't know, man. When it's non-contact like that and someone's cutting, uh, I, I I worry that it's significant but we'll find out we don't even know yet but I still think that it's I think it's convenient second guess or like put it this way it shouldn't just be for anybody who's like these main guys shouldn't play in the preseason you shouldn't just wait until there is an injury that might be significant with Zach Wilson to my point it should be first guessing I should be hearing callers saying and why was Trevor Lawrence out there And why was Trey Lance out there for the Niners? And Deshaun Watson. Patrick Mahomes is going to play. He's going to take some snaps for the Chiefs. Tom Brady was out there last year. Threw 16 passes in the preseason. Right? You understand? Like, if you have a problem with starters playing in the preseason, that... That should be the takeaway. It's not just Zach Wilson. It's, and why was this guy? And why was that guy? And why was that guy out there? You know why you don't hear that? Because those guys didn't get injured. And that's what I'm telling you. It's a convenient second guess. As soon as someone gets injured, they shouldn't have been out there to begin with. But someone who, like Trevor Lawrence, played well, Trey Lance looked good, those guys didn't get injured, you don't hear a peep. You could hear a pin drop in terms of the lack of criticism. It's just, it's weird to me. Let's go out to the phones here. Ban is over in Alabama. Wants to join the program. What's going on, Ban? Hey, Mr. No. Good to talk to you. Uh, before I tell you my story, I just got to say that Paul guy's an idiot. He needs to empty out that cheap rye he's drinking and put some of Dr. Mike's yellow him and juice in it and drink it or something. I don't know, man. He's like a he's like a mouse lost in a maze. He goes left, he goes right, he comes back. He, I, I don't know. But anyway, since... Atlantic, uh, Atlantic. I mean, since, it's the Atlantic. Uh, the, it's the Falcons. Uh, since uh, Mr. Wilson's in the news, I got a story that correlates to that. So it's even worse uh, for what he was rumored to have been doing during the off season with his mother's bestie. There's a oh, uh, yeah, yeah. What is Zach okay. Wilson over there? Yeah, uh, this guy. He he had a good NFL career. He's from a small town right here in the same county where I'm I'm sitting right now, and he was a 
second team All American. I'm not going to give out his name. I actually talked to him a couple of weeks ago, but he he uh, the cops rolled up on him and he was he was in a vehicle in the back of a cemetery, bumping uglies with this with, with this lady, and you know that in itself isn't that bad, except. The lady was his best friend's mother on the high, his best friend on the, his high school team. Now wait, and hold uh, on. So your story is some other guy. This isn't yeah, Jack Wilson. Yeah. Okay, he's retired. He's a retired NFL player, and he's now assistant coach in college. But yeah, but you know that that was not just his mother's best friend. It was his best his high school best friend's mother. Mm. That he was caught. The cop told the cop that uh, rolled up on him. I actually told me the story. The rumor got out. But hmm. anyway, I won't give his name out. But uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty bad. Yeah, that's uh, kind of funny. Uh, I mean, you know, dicey, a little dicey right there. Yeah. Hey, Ben, we got to run, man. But I appreciate you Go checking ahead. in. Appreciate you. Uh, we've got a one hundred dollar bet. You know, baseball related. Ben's got what the Atlanta Braves coming out of the uh, NL. Getting to the World Series. I've got the field. So go field. <laughs> so it's $100 on the line over there. All right, feel free to check in. 877-99 on Fox. Coming up next, man, this team doesn't have its players back, and I understand why. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Ah, yes. Hope you're enjoying your Saturday morning over here. Lots going on. Lots going on. The San Diego Padres. Man, oh, man. Uh, Ticked off would be an understatement. The reaction of what has happened with Fernando Tatis Jr. So Tatis Jr., he gets busted. Violates the PED policy. And so he is suspended for 80 games. And the San Diego Padres, they were not exactly understanding. So Tatis Jr. came out with a statement and says, uh, turns out that I inadvertently took a medication to treat ringworm. (laughs) And he said it contained clostable. And that's it. You're just, it's a... That's not a mistake. You know what I mean? Like the Padres' reaction, they're like, yeah, BS, right? The Padres are saying that. I look at it like this like Tatis belongs to the Padres' family right now. And if you're accused of doing something wrong and your own family doesn't have your back, that's pretty telling. You know, this is, you're, you're going after testosterone, and we all know the effects of that, right? Like, bigger, faster, stronger, all that. This isn't just, oh, I was treating ringworm, and lo and behold, there's clostebol in here. And just weird, just, uh, you know, testosterone booster right there. Come on, man. And so, think about another situation where if you're accused of doing something wrong, if your family is like, What's up with that? If you're denying it, like, no, 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 it was a mistake. I I was, you know, taking this medication. It just so happened. And they're like, yeah, whatever. 
<laughs> That's pretty telling. If anybody's going to have your back, typically it's family. And they might even minimize the wrongdoing and be like, well, you got to consider this is unlike his character and yada yada. The Padres are not like that at all. The GM, A.J. Preller, talking about Tatis Jr., some of his quotes were like, whoa, okay. He said, we were hoping for more maturity. He talked about Tatis Jr., how he broke his wrist in the offseason. It was a December motorcycle accident. So he referenced that, and he says the band shows more of a pattern that the club needs to look into, right? Lack of maturity, there's a pattern here. He also said it's very disappointed. We've invested time and money into him. I think what we need to get to is a point in time we trust him. (laughs) It's like, all right, we cut to the chase on that bad boy right there. They're saying this dude is not trustworthy, and he isn't. And they're also telling you, we're paying this guy $340 million, and we were this close, this close, maybe a week or two away from getting Tatis Jr. back in this lineup with Manny Machado, with Juan Soto. And now it's not going to happen because he's suspended for 80 games. So I totally understand them being bent. And also some of his teammates. This was from Mike Clevenger, pitcher for the Padres. Listen to what he says about Tatis Jr. getting busted and getting an 80-game suspension. Very disappointed. It's you know the second time we've been disappointed with him, and it's just you know you hope he grows up and you know learns from this and learns that it's not just you know it's about more than just him right now. Yeah, pretty much says it all right there. If your family doesn't have your back when you're accused of doing something wrong and you're denying it, I don't know how many other people are are going to have your back. You know what I mean? And that's where we stand right now. And the suspension, so it kicks in immediately. And so Tatis Jr. is going to miss the remaining 48 games this season. He'll miss at least the first 32 games next season. It will depend on how many games the Padres play in the playoffs, assuming they get there. So that would change how long he's out next season but he's going to be out somewhere in the vicinity of a month next season after missing the remainder of this season total disappointment and I don't know about you but when it comes to these flimsy oh I I didn't know that was this whole statement was you know I I take responsibility I apologize to the organization my teammates major league baseball fans everywhere I have no excuse for my error taking medication to treat ringworm just so happened to contain a banned substance. I should have checked and figured that out. I didn't. So I'm sorry for my error. I would never do anything to cheat or disrespect the game that I love. It's like, yeah, okay. I've heard this only about, I don't know, a thousand times in my lifetime. (laughs) And it's like, at at what point do you, one, give a, a an athlete the benefit of the doubt? Or two, when do you just hear an athlete cut to the chase and say, you know what, I was cutting corners, it was stupid, I apologize. There's one person that I can think of off the top of my head. There might be a couple examples of this, but I go back to it, it's a, ref, a random reference, but it's a New York Jets player. There's this guy, Nathan Shepard, 
He's a defensive lineman. He's still with the Jets. And he was a third-round pick in 2018 from Fort Hayes State. And so I think it was his rookie season. It was early in his career, and he was banged up. He had a bunch of injuries trying to get back, and he got busted. He's using PEDs, and he just owned it. He just came right out and said, I'm sorry. I was stupid. I was trying to get back. I was cutting some corners. I apologize. My bad. And it's like, thank you. Finally, somebody just owned it. Instead of, oh, no, I was uh, I was eating steak and somehow it had anabolic steroids in it. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> it's just absurd, man. But you get the same song and dance over and over and over and over again. Now, you could also, you can go back to when Juan Soto was initially traded to the Padres. And think about this soundbite, how it seems so different now with the Tatis Jr. news being considered. He's gone for the next 80 games, but this goes back to when Juan Soto was introduced. The introductory press conference after he was traded to San Diego. Juan, what do you make of what this lineup could be when everyone's healthy and everyone's in there? It's going to be really exciting. It's going to be really tough to go through. And (laughs) I wish good luck to the other pitch. (laughs) Yeah, it's... mm. Seems like hollow a statement now where, you know, shortly after that, the Padres got crushed by the Dodgers in a three-game set, got swept, outscored 20-4, to and now Tatis Jr. gets busted. He's gone. And the Padres still have a good lineup. They're still capable of having a good end to their season, but there's no doubt Tatis Jr. is a star. This hurts tremendously. That lineup, I like... That's the other question. Are we, I'm not going to say this is going to be Brooklyn Nets 2.0. That would be an overreaction, but the clock is ticking on Juan Soto. If they don't sign him to just a monster extension, I just don't see how they they can't keep everybody. So you've got this small window to see these star players, Machado, Soto, Tatis Jr. together. The clock is ticking. And this obviously hurts that significantly. They're going to at least have Juan Soto until the end of 2024. Right, but still the clock's ticking on that. You've got basically two and a half years of Juan Soto, and you just eliminated uh, half a year of that. That's true. That's, That's very fair. But, I mean, Machado is locked up, as is Joe Musgrove, their ace, and Tatis. So once the suspension is over, I mean, it's basically like picking up where they were going to leave off. By the way, Brandon, which uh, which baseball team do you happen to root for? I root for, well, I mean, from San Diego. So, I mean, I'm the Padres are my National League team. And uh, was raised a Yankees fan. So, I mean, I know if I you gotcha. want to gotcha. root for two teams, it's called a crime. But whatever, I don't care. I get, I get your point. But to me, that's through Padre vision. You know what I mean? I'm just telling you the clock is ticking. I'm not uh, telling you the clock is, is broken and it's over. Absolutely, but, but I mean, people are acting like it is the end of the world. It's like, ah, the, the end of the world's coming in 2024. It'll be, well, I think they're going to be okay. I think. But then again, it's San Diego sports, so you yeah, can't you can't count on it. It's rough existence, San Diego sports over there. Not at the top of the list, but uh, it's on it. <laughs> it's on the short list. Of, lost our NFL team, Padres, you know, disaster waiting to happen. So, yeah, that would at least be on the list. 
But that hurts them significantly. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I'm Brian No here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, yeah, that's a rough one right there. Let me go out to the phones here. Um, my guy Andre, I believe, is out there in Massachusetts. Wants to check in here, talk some ball. What's going on, Dre? How you doing, Brian? I am here. I just wanted to chime in on this uh, Monday morning quarterbacking that you're seeing with folks questioning the preseason. You know, this, uh, you know, um, after something happens, you run in. I, I don't know what this is, like disaster analysis, conflict theory. I just disagree wholeheartedly. You talk to football people, they say two things. First of all, you get better at playing football by playing football. Okay, yeah. what is uh, the line? Uh, everyone uh, is two lines. You know, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. You know, that, that, that's Mike Tyson, and then there's no atheist in the foxhole, right? Football, you know, the most violent game that we have. You, you have to get out there in the arena, all these references, Teddy Roosevelt. Um, and so people poo-pooing the preseason, and it has no value. Football player after football player that you talk to will say you need the preseason. Okay, that's how, again, in the good old days, I was born in the awesome 80s. Okay, you built up your proficiency uh, along the way. Now, the brave new world that we live in and, you know, all these less practices and players playing longer and you can't touch anybody. So there's different points of view. Uh, but I just this whole idea that the preseason it, it doesn't have value, I just wholeheartedly uh, disagree with you know there's different ways of, of a but it, it certainly has value the players trying to make the team and then I just just learned you're just talking to you know players from a different era you know you you need those reps now uh, to my, uh, my my New York uh, Jetropolitans born in the great state of New Jersey uh, I think this is a, a, a five alarm red alert whatever the highest code is code red because they looked awful all right, before, you know, Zach Wilson, you know, the, the hopefully non, those non-contact injuries, um, you know, so we hope it's a PCL, not an ACL, and, and he can come back. But assuming that, they just didn't look good overall. What was, you know, guy knocks out Jalen Hurts, he's out of bounds, undisciplined. Um, and so I believe in Robert Sala. Thought he, you know, deserved the job, you know, did a good job in San Francisco. Um, but it's getting late early for him. We can't have um, another clunker. Uh, yeah, the they're in rough shape. I mean, I, I don't have much uh, much positive things to say about the Jets where they are right. No, Mackay Becton, hopefully it's not a big-time injury with Zach Wilson, but we, we know what the deal is with the Jets. They're a, a work in progress, a royal work in progress. Um, but yeah, man, I, like going back to the preseason thing, I don't know why the takeaway wouldn't just be, man, that's unfortunate. If Zach Wilson is hurt, if it's a significant injury, why isn't it, oh, man, that sucks. There's a big difference between, man, that sucks, and why was he playing in the first place? You know what I mean? Like, I just don't know why that's the common takeaway. You wouldn't have that takeaway if Zach Wilson got hurt in practice. So why is that the takeaway by many if he happens to get hurt in a preseason game? I just I don't understand that at all. And for all these people, right, like, uh, good example with the Rams, where Matthew Stafford, he didn't play in the preseason. Sean McVay doesn't have his starters out there. Remember Matthew Stafford banged up his finger in practice? And it was like, oh man, did he break his finger? Is this a significant injury? Luckily it wasn't. But the point is, he almost suffered a major injury, or an injury that would at least keep him out for a number of weeks in practice. And if that did occur, it'd be like, oh, man, that's unfortunate. I just would say the same thing if it happens in the preseason. Like, it was the first quarter 
with Zach Wilson, who sucked last year. He needs reps. So if he's playing like late in the fourth quarter, that's different. It's the first quarter of the first preseason game in his second year after his rookie season was brutal. Like that is not Robert Sala. What are you doing? Right? It, it just it doesn't add up. Your comments more than welcome. Some people want to check in on the preseason stuff. Feel free to do so. Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox is your phone number. A couple other performances around the NFL. And some interesting takeaways. It's less about these games. It's more about the teams, the players moving forward. And there are a few things to take away from this preseason stuff. We'll get to taking away right around the corner. I'm Brian No. Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Here on Fox Sports Radio. Trey Lance with actually a good performance over there by the... uh, with the San Francisco 49ers. And uh, he had a perfect passer rating through a long touchdown pass to Danny Gray, rookie out of SMU. So uh, some reason for optimism. I, again, we preface everything with this is the preseason. It's got to at least be starters on starters, but still vanilla defenses. You can't tell everything, but still. A uh, couple of nice throws, you know? The throwing motion has been the big talking point with Trey Lance, and it's not my favorite throwing motion. Little elongated, little long. Drops the ball down low and then cranks it up, kind of sundial like. Uh, it's a little long, but uh, I mean, it's still a good performance, man. Uh, you got to look at the good side, not just the bad. Showed some athletic ability, right? Ran away from ran away from pressure, almost picked up a first down, then the long touchdown throw. This is actually how it sounded on the 49ers radio network. Trey Lance on third and long, dropping back to pass. Stepping up in the pocket, throwing it deep downfield to Gray. He's got it to the 30, the 25, the 20, <laughs> the 10, and touchdown. And the speedster, Danny Gray, welcome to the 49ers. Yeah, I think some people are drunk with the Trey Lance love. The MVP odds, they've gone from 200 to 1 all the way down to 40 to 1. 
like, look, I hear a lot of people saying, if you're betting on preseason NFL games, you need a 800 number, that sort of thing, right? If you're betting on Trey Lance to win league MVP, that's worse than betting on preseason games. I said it. Needed to be said. It's the truth. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I get it. I know it's a crapshoot with the preseason. Every now and then you can get uh, an angle on a game. Maybe you go first half. Maybe you just bet on the Ravens, right? There are some angles that do make sense. If you're betting on Trey Lance, the guy who had two starts last year, and in one of those starts looked terrible against the Arizona Cardinals... You think this is going to be a league MVP season? No way. No way. I'd be shocked if this guy is anywhere close to that. I I think there are going to be 10 players ahead. I'd take 10 players before Trey Lance to be uh, MVP, you know, uh, candidates. So I I don't know. I think that's a little bit too much left. But in any event, it was a good performance. <laughs> it's a good, sorry, sorry to take a left-hand turn there from giving the guy props to not going to be an MVP, though. Like, it, let's slow our roll on that. There, there's a middle ground between he's freaking terrible and MVP. Somewhere in between is where Trey Lance is right now. That's the truth of it. I thought it was funny on the TV side because Greg Boppel was doing the game for the Niners. And he used to be the Raiders play-by-play guy forever. And Ray Ray McLeod scored a touchdown. And he goes, touchdown, Ray Ray. And when he started to say, I thought he was going to say Raiders. And I'm like, Greg, you're no longer with the Raiders anymore. He was saying Ray Ray McLeod. I thought that was actually pretty funny when I was watching bits and pieces when the starters were still in there. All right, let's get out to the phones here. Some people want to check in on the preseason and beyond. Justin is in Kansas City. Has a thought about... uh, no, we don't have it. Ed is in Nashville. Ed, what's going on, buddy? How you doing? Oh, How you doing, man? Good, Ed. What's up? I talked about preseason. I mean, really, you got to combine both preseason and training camp. I mean, you're just hoping, gosh almighty, I hope I get out without a knee injury or a broken bone. You know, and was that happening to... Uh, uh, Wilson, you know, I mean, hey, you possibly could be looking at Jimmy G heading to the Jets now since Trey Lance is wonder boy. Yeah, it's not crazy at all. If if this is a significant knee injury, if he's out for the season, yeah, maybe. Maybe Jimmy G would be in play. I don't know. I know the Browns have cap room. I don't know what the Jets cap situation is. Um, But, I mean, think about this too where – I think it makes way more sense with the Browns because they've got a roster that's good enough to really compete. They are a legitimate Super Bowl contending team. Some people are laughing at their radios, but the type of talent that they have, they are in the Super Bowl mix. If they get upper echelon quarterback play, they're absolutely in the mix. Um, So, yeah, like... If you just tread water with Jimmy G until Deshaun Watson gets back, assuming Deshaun can play a portion of the season, I think that makes a lot of sense. With the Jets, the Jets are not competent quarterback play away from being a Super Bowl contender. You know what I mean? So the Jets, if Zach Wilson is done with him, I don't know. I don't know if, let's just say they have the cap space. I don't know that off the top of my head. But if they do... Are they thinking, oh man, we got to save the season and get Jimmy G? 
just based on where their talent level is compared to where the Browns' talent level is, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I don't know that you do that. But it, it's at least in play. It's at least a possibility. Um, with Ed pointing that out, he's, he's right. It's possible. I'll get back out to the phones here momentarily. want to invite in, though, our good buddy, Mr. Kevin Figures to spin us around the sporting landscape. What's going on, K-Fig? All right. Well, we have some NFL preseason news to get to in a little bit. First, the big news out of Major League Baseball, Fernando Tatis Jr. of the Padres, suspended by the league for 80 games for violating, violating the performance-enhancing drug policy in addition to missing the rest of this season and some of next year. He's also ineligible to represent the Dominican Republic in the World Baseball Classic. Padres did defeat Washington 10-5. to That was the homecoming of new Padre Juan Soto. He had a couple of hits and in run batted in. Dodgers defeated Kansas City 8-3 for their 11th consecutive victory. Phillies defeated the Mets 2-1 in extras. Boston defeated the Yankees 3-2 in extras as well. Aaron Judge with home run number 46 in the loss. The Yankees have lost 8 of their last 9. NFL preseason news. Jets quarterback Jack, Zach Wilson excuse me, will have an MRI on his right knee. He limped off of the field in the first quarter of their game against the Eagles. 49ers running back Elijah Mitchell will miss the entire preseason with a hamstring injury but is expected to be ready to return for the regular season opener and a receiver for the Falcons Drake London had a big catch one catch for 24 yards but went down with the knee injury he was taken out for precautionary reasons he also with a knee injury but not expected to be serious back to Brian no what's your take on all this preseason stuff k-fig right like some guys get injured and the reaction to it how do you feel about all that I mean, I, I'm kind of in line with you. Depend, it depends on the situation. Like, if I look at Deshaun Watson as an example, if you assume that he's going to come back at some point this year, I think it would make sense that you would put someone like him, even though he's a veteran, to try to get him some familiarity and some snaps in a brand-new system with brand-new players. Mm-hmm. For someone like Zach Wilson, young player, struggled last year, couldn't hurt to get him some extra reps in there. Yeah. Now, when it's someone like a, like a Jared Goff, for example, I can understand like he's been in the league for enough times, uh, for enough years. I know he might have a new offensive system. Does he really have to have preseason reps? Probably not. Uh, I would err on the side of probably sitting someone like that. But in the grand scheme of things, uh, look, a guy's going to get hurt. A guy's going to get hurt. I really don't. If you want to put him in there for preseason and something ends up happening, look, Zach Wilson was non-contact. There's nothing you can really do about that. Now, Jalen Hurts almost had his head knocked off. He was trying to slide and go out of bounds. That could happen in a preseason game, regular season game, opening day or the last game of the, of the regular of the regular season. It doesn't really matter. If you're suiting up and you're going to be on the field, there's a chance you might get hurt regardless of what the situation is. Yeah, I think that, look, uh, we can't get a- away from the the thought of there is some benefit to getting out there, right? If there was no benefit whatsoever, you wouldn't see Tom Brady Correct. out there last season. You wouldn't see Patrick Mahomes out there. Who wants to be out there, by the way. He said this yeah. week, I want to get hit a couple of times in the preseason. Um, Russell Wilson wants to be out there. Yep. You know, so if there were just no benefit whatsoever, that you would literally never see those starters, those top guys, especially the veterans who have done it and are proven. You would never see them, and yet you do. <laughs> so, yeah. so it shows you that there's at least some benefit. Is it like moving mountains or something? No, but there's some benefit, so we can't act like there's none, and it makes no sense to be out there. Yeah, it's a, it's a big enough deal that some veteran players, like we mentioned Patrick Mahomes or Brady here and there, like they want to get out there, they want to suit up, they want to get some live reps that's not in a controlled scrimmage environment because it's not going to be a controlled environment when you're out there for real. I certainly can understand the notion of wanting to get out there and getting some live reps in. I, I totally get it. Yeah, hey man, I get it too, no doubt. 
right, let's go back out to the phone. Some people want to check in. Let's get to, uh, let's go to Carl in Pennsylvania. Has something for us. What's up, Carl? Uh, this is Cole, actually. Cole. Not Carl. Yeah. Hey, I just want to know, uh, Baker Mayfield, who actually won that deal? Because I did not think that the Browns made out in any kind of way in that. Um, you look at a couple of years, Aaron Rodgers is up for sale. How do you choose spending that much money on on Deshaun Watson when you could have Aaron Rodgers in a few years and still have a decent quarterback when you have to pay all the money like in his salary cap just to give him away? So I, I'm not following this. How are they going to get Aaron Rodgers in a couple of years? Um, they could easily... He wants money. You're spending that much money on Deshaun Watson, who's going to sit for six games? Um, how do you not pay money and get Aaron Rodgers? How how would they get Aaron Rodgers? I don't understand that. Like, You're saying they should have gotten Aaron Rodgers instead of Deshaun Watson? Uh, no, not Watson? this year. No, no, no. In, in a few years. I mean, you're looking at um, Baker Mayfield, one year on his contract yet. They paid and gave him away. Paid to give him away. Because mm-hmm. Baker take... Mayfield's no good. He's not a difference maker. Like that's okay. we all know that. Uh, well, then he's going to go. What's Deshaun Watson? You think he's not a difference maker on the football field? Compared, if you're if you're stacking him up side by side, what are you getting here? He's you're getting light years a better guy than that's out of the league for a year. So, okay, show me one proven player that sat on the league for two years and is going to make a difference. Name one player. Aaron Aaron Rodgers sat sat for his first three years, the guy that you referenced, and he's just fine. Sat. He played behind. Where was this guy? He sat for three years. What's this guy doing? (laughs) He sat... So, Deshaun Watson, let me get this straight. When he comes back, he's just going to be a dud. He's not going to be a difference maker whatsoever. I think. I think no. I, I think he's going to be a dud. He's in Cleveland. Of course, he's going to be a dud. Okay. You think he's going to go to the Super Bowl? You think he is? Dude, a, he's like, going to take them to the Super Bowl? I I don't see it. I just don't see it. They've got some good talent over there. Deshaun they Watson's one of the better they quarterbacks in talent, the But okay, thanks yeah, for checking on- in, man. Good stuff, Carl. <laughs> Bro, dude. Okay, let me get this straight. Let me get a recap here. Uh, the Browns should have just stuck it out with Baker Mayfield. He's not a difference maker. And they should have gotten Aaron Rodgers in a couple of years when he's more likely to either be retired or not leaving Green Bay. Like, what kind of plan is that? I get, Look, I understand if you want to sit here and say Deshaun Watson, they're overpaying for the guy. They paid too much. It's $230 million fully guaranteed and a bunch of draft picks. I, I can understand you being skeptical. I get that. But to make it sound like Deshaun Watson's just going to be a hack player when he gets on the field, one, we don't even know he's going to be suspended and miss two full seasons. He might play some games this season. We'll find out any day now. But this idea of he's been out of football for a year and a half, so he's destined to be just this dud quarterback, I don't buy that at all. I don't buy it at all. 
Um, he still is a talented player. And <laughs> I think it gives the Browns a chance to compete to be in the Super Bowl year in and year out. And that's why the top players are making that that money. When they're getting huge money, it's because you have a guy that's giving you at least a chance to be in the Super Bowl. And look, if you want to go side-by-side looking at rosters, the talent that the Browns have collectively on that roster is better than what they had in Houston. I'm not going to tell you they had no one. They had some playmakers. They had DeAndre Hopkins before they they traded him for David Johnson. (laughs) They also had Bill O'Brien who's just lighting draft picks on fire over there, right? J.J. Watt was there. They had some talent. And they made it to the playoffs a couple of times. Didn't have deep runs. Deshaun, what do you want me to tell you? He was there for four years in Houston and was injured his rookie season. Look, I, I don't understand. Some people, they're emotional to a fault when it comes to Deshaun. And I get some of it because of the allegations, what he's accused of, what he might have done in those massage sessions. I get it. If you think he's a creep and you're not down with it, I totally understand. But there is such a thing where you have to separate how you feel about the guy and not let it creep into how you evaluate the dude as a football player. And the last we saw of him, he's leading the entire NFL in passing yards. He was ripping it up. So you think a year plus turns him from that to just totally average? I I don't buy it at all. All right, let me get out to, uh, let's go out to Polar Bear in the Arctic. I love that. That is a solid screen name right there. Polar Bear in the Arctic. What do you have for us here on Fox Sports Radio? Ryan, first of all, I got to say, I love you on the weekends, buddy. You do a great job, but I got I got three things I want to ask you about. The first one is, how do you feel about a soft training camp or a hard training camp? Because my Bengals, they're, uh, they're not they're not really hitting. Their first game is against AFC North uh, Steelers. And uh, they're uh, hitting hard in their training camp. Mm-hmm. And then the same question is, how about those white helmets, though, right? For my Bengals. <laughs> oh, man, they look good. And then the third is uh, the screen caller you got. Can he ever uh, – can he talk deep? Like if you ask him to talk, if he could – have a deep voice. Could he try that? And then another thing I just thought of is Joe Burrow isn't practicing. I don't know. I think that's going to have an effect because if you can't, if you don't eat your meat, you can't have your pudding. Well, listen. How can you you have your pudding if you don't eat eat your meat? Gotcha. All right. So thanks for checking in. A couple of things. Uh, Like the white helmets. Good look. Um, In terms of Joe Burrow not practicing, it's not ideal, but I don't think it wrecks anything. Tom Brady's going to be gone until at least after the August 20th preseason game, a little more than a week. They're going to be just fine. And I'm not telling you Joe Burrow is Tom Brady. It's just the comparison is both teams are going to be just fine. 
Even though Burrow's missing some action, even though Tom Brady's out for a little bit, I, I don't think it's like freak out mode over here. Um, as far as the difference between soft practices, hard practices, I, I think you got to find the middle ground. I don't think either makes sense. I don't think it makes sense to just take your foot completely off off the gas. We're not hitting at all, or yeah, like, we're going live. We're we're hitting like it's got to be the middle ground. I think some contact makes the most sense. You get a little contact over there, right? Get your feet wet. But don't go over the top. That would be what I think works best. Um, and as far as Brandon's voice, I mean, Polar Bear, It's not a, you're not exactly Barry White over here either, Polar Bear. You know, Brandon, we love him. It's the way God made him, you know? It's the way the pipes are. It's all good. No worries. All right, 877-99 on Fox. That is your phone number. Feel free to check in. I'll get to the phones if you're on hold. Also on Twitter. You can use that as well. At the no show is where you can find me. Okay, coming up next, a uh, couple other preseason performances. Uh, there's a, a critique of one quarterback from an ex-quarterback that I don't think makes any sense at all. I'll tell you about that around the corner. I'm Brian No, right here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No here on Fox Sports Radio. Yeah, so... Uh, Marcus Mariota in action for the Falcons, their starting quarterback. And uh, it reminded me of something I heard a couple of days before that. So Michael Vick, former Falcons quarterback, he was at Falcons training camp earlier this week. So he's there on Wednesday and uh, he was talking about Marcus Mariota and some of his comments. He said, uh, it's definitely Marcus's job. Marcus should be the starter. I would think he's the starter. With Marcus at the helm, this team should be in a in good shape on offense. He's the ultimate dual threat. He can bring some different elements to the table. Uh, e. Look, man, Marcus Mariota, he's just not consistent enough. And you also saw, if you watched a little bit of that preseason game, if you didn't, I'll give you the Cliff's Notes version on that. Marcus Mariota was getting hit from the get-go. Like, I, when we're talking about dual-threat quarterbacks, I, I'm fine with quarterbacks that use their athleticism, create problems for defenses. But you have to understand, sometimes the stress that a mobile quarterback puts on the defense, sometimes that's nullified by the stress that the mobile quarterback puts on the offense. And Marcus Mariota is a good example of that. First play of the game. The guy rolls out, scrambles, rushes for some yardage, and gets hit. He gets blasted on the first play. And now he actually scored a touchdown. This is actually how it centered on Falcons Radio Network. Mariota getting into the end zone here. Second and goal at the six for Atlanta, trailing 7-0. Here's Mariota, play fake. He'll move the pocket to the left, has an alley, turns the corner, and hits the pylon. Touchdown, Atlanta. There you go. Nice little play by Mariota, but I think you can see how the guy has such a hard time staying upright. He's just taking hits. He's taking punishment. It's not just in the pocket. It's moving out there. I swear, Russell Wilson is the gold standard. He really is. For so many years, he scrambles, he extends plays, he runs the ball, and he doesn't take big shots. He doesn't take that punishment. 
And I feel that it's necessary because it's just a matter of time until you get hit the wrong way. And when those hits accumulate, it's you're not going to remain upright. And so with Mariota, who's been banged up consistently throughout his career, you can see in just a couple of series while he's on the field why that's the case. The other thing that was interesting with Michael Vick, he was asked at Falcons training camp, they said, uh, hey, what team's offense would you like to run if you were still playing today? And he said, the offense Tom Brady is running in Tampa, pass first. And I found that interesting because uh, I think that Vic and a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of athletes, they want to prove the doubters wrong. You want to prove the doubters wrong. I'll never forget Michael Vick after throwing four touchdown passes against the Steelers one game. He was like, I never want to hear those questions again about my passing ability. And it was like, that was one game, Mike. It was a great game against the Steelers team that wasn't that great at the time. But it's like, this doesn't silence all the doubts. One game against the Steelers, right? But the deeper thought is wanting to prove doubters wrong. Sometimes that's a good thing. You work on your weaknesses. You want to improve those things. Sometimes it's a bad thing where you rely on your third or your fourth best pitch too often. And so I'm curious how that plays out this year. Tua Tungavailoa, what has he heard all offseason long? It can't throw the deep ball. Can't throw the deep ball. Can't do it. Can't. I can understand Tua wanting to prove those doubters wrong. But is he trying too hard to do something that he doesn't excel in? If his game is the short passing game and that's what works for him, I don't care what the critics are saying. You know what I mean? It's a little bit like Westbrook. Russell Westbrook, all he hears about is how he sucks shooting it from the outside. And there are a lot of times Russ will go away from his main strengths, which are attacking the rim, getting into the paint, shooting from the mid-range, right? He'll get away from that. It tries to act like he's Steph Curry, and he's nowhere close. I think that sometimes athletes will try to prove the doubters wrong to a fault, and it, it it ends up biting them. And so I really am curious to see how that happens with Tua this year and uh, if he's able to, you know, it's kind of like uh, the temptation of, man, I would love to prove the doubters wrong, and if I take this deep shot, it'll help. Compared to, man, I've got a guy that's wide open across the middle 10 yards away. Yeah, I, I should probably take that. I'm curious how he attacks it. We'll find out. All right, plenty to get to. Feel free to check in. Coming up next, interesting timing to say the least on this story. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Hope you're enjoying your Saturday morning. Lots going on, man. Lots going on. I love, I love that ball is close to being back for real, right? We get, a, get to dip our big toe in the waters of ball over here, see some of the starters against the starters in early preseason action. Not that far away. I was thinking earlier today, I don't know if you're into the Little League World Series or softball. I was, I was flipping around. And I'm like, man, football needs to get here. We need football. So not that far away. Not that far away. I did see, talking about the Little League World Series, I saw how some kid from Wyoming, 
hit a home run while wearing work gloves. Like he had kind of like the old school, just, you know, work gloves instead of batting gloves. And he went yard. That is, that's solid right there. That is, that's straight out of Wyoming right there. You know, we're chopping wood and then we're hitting home runs. That's how it goes. But looking at ball. So one of the big stories from Friday night, Deshaun Watson finally get back on the football field. It had been 586 days since his last NFL action. So he started for the Browns, had three series. It didn't go well. A lot of rust. It wasn't just a Deshaun thing. It was just the Browns collectively. They collectively looked just brutal. (laughs) And that's what the preseason is for. I think that it would be... Beneficial for the Browns to get Jacoby Brissett out there, too. He didn't play, which is baffling to me right now. Jacoby Brissett is is penciled in as the week one starter. I, I don't know how he doesn't see the football field. It makes no sense to me. But outside of Deshaun's performance, which left a lot to be desired, one for five for seven yards, that was it. The three series were punt, fumble, punt. It was a running back who coughed it up. But three bad possessions uh, for the Browns. But before the game is uh, one of the big talking points here. So Deshaun Watson made his first public apology to the women that have accused him of sexual assault, sexual misconduct. So it was a pre-recorded interview that aired before the preseason game on Friday. And a portion of it is, here's the first part of uh, what Deshaun had to say during his apology. The initial ruling from Judge Sue Robinson made a very specific point of saying that your lack of remorse played into her decision making. It's been a part of the narrative surrounding you. What is your response to that? Look, I want to say that I'm truly sorry to all the women that I've impacted in this situation. Um, my des- decisions that I made in my life that put me in this position, um, you know, I, w- I would definitely like to have back. But I want to continue to move forward and grow and learn and, and show that, you know, I am a, a true person of, of character and I want to keep pushing forward. Hmm. Yeah, it's. I mean, I just I, I, I try not to be cynical. I try to give people the benefit of the doubt until they prove that they don't deserve it. Right? And Deshaun has proven that he doesn't deserve the benefit of the doubt in this situation. And the timing of it, it's just like, okay, and the the way the question was prefaced, it was a great question because Judge Sue L. Robinson mentioned this. She mentioned one of the things that was working completely against Deshaun was his utter lack of remorse with his wrongdoing. And she's like, that that really countered against him. You know, I deducted points as I'm I'm coming up with my uh, determination over here about the length of the punishment and all that. Right. So that was noted when the first punishment was handed out. The NFL is appealing. They want a stronger punishment. And one of the main things that was working against Deshaun was his lack of remorse. And now he's apologizing, right? Like, it just, it doesn't pass the smell test here. And on top of that, after saying numerous times, I I didn't mistreat any woman. I didn't disrespect any of these women. He has said that before. And now he's apologizing. 
in a pre-recorded interview that airs on the night of the first preseason game of the year for the Cleveland Browns. Hmm. And by the way, while we're still awaiting what the new punishment is going to be, it's just, it's as awkward as it can be. You know, and look, you can argue there's no perfect time to do this. Okay, I can understand that. But it's just, it's not going to land well based on what has happened previously. If Deshaun has shown a complete lack of remorse and now is showing remorse, and it just so happens to be on the night of the first preseason game, and before we don't know what the new punishment is, that's just, it's weird. It's weird timing. Now, there's one more here. Deshaun also talked about uh, his role in the community going forward. Here's Deshaun. I know I have a lot of work to put in, um, especially on the field, to be able to make sure I'm ready to play uh, whenever that time comes, whenever I can step back on the field. But also, the biggest thing is I want to continue counseling, and I want to make sure that I'm growing as a person, as an individual, uh, for my decision-making on and off the field, and I want to make sure that you know I'm just evolving in the community as much as possible, and that's for the Cleveland community, that's the NFL community, and beyond. Mm. I mean, I hope it happens. <laughs> I do, but I just, the first thing I think of is the uh, the the women that are accusing him of sexual assault, sexual misconduct. When they hear that, af- again, after hearing, I, I didn't disrespect anybody. I, I No, didn't happen. And now you're hearing this. I mean, how do you think, oh, oh, how do you think anything other than, <laughs> okay, dude, right? Like, or that's just such BS or that, that's probably what you're thinking. But if you spin this forward, the one other layer that I find interesting here is uh, there's been a lot of comparing of punishments. If you think about what's happened with the Dolphins and what is happening with the Cleveland Browns, I, I think that the comparison gets off base real fast. Where if you look at the Miami Dolphins, it was the tampering situation. So what happened in terms of punishments? Well, The team owner, Stephen Ross, he was fined $1.5 million, suspended for six games, and the Dolphins lost a first-round pick and a third-round pick. Now, what's really catching attention is a $1.5 million fine. It's like, really? That's it? Like, (laughs) uh, Stephen Ross, $1.5 million to him. That guy... If there's not a tissue nearby, he blows his nose with $1.5 million. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just what he has. He's got $1.5 million in his seat cushions over there. That guy is so wealthy. So that's nothing. That's not even a slap on the wrist. So that gets compared to what Deshaun Watson might be facing here. Deshaun Watson, just a couple of days ago, he said, you know what? I'd be willing to settle for an eight-game suspension and a $5 million fine. So that's where the comparisons start. It's like, oh, so you're maybe going to hit Deshaun with a suspension for this amount of time and this amount of money. Meanwhile, Stephen Ross, and I don't, I don't think that's the right way to do the comparison. I don't think it makes sense to do it that way. I would make it as close as possible. I would do it like this. If another player was tampering like Steven Ross, like the Miami Dolphins was doing, what would happen? What would happen to that player? Nothing. Because nothing ever happens. 
Players recruit players, whether they're under contract or not. And nothing ever happens. So if we're looking at this apples to apples, and tampering just basically means recruiting. You're trying to recruit a player that's under contract with another team. That's a gigantic no-no for any team owner, any GM, any front office person. Can't do it. Can't do it. But players? So if Deshaun did what Stephen Ross did, there'd be no punishment. I would look at it like that. Now ask yourself this. If Stephen Ross were accused of the same things that Deshaun Watson has been accused of, 25 civil lawsuits, all these allegations. I, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable, but just so we're on the same page, okay? Because this is important. If we're going to compare how a player gets punished, how a team owner gets punished, this is important. Some of the allegations against Deshaun Watson forced two women to perform oral sex, ejaculated on four women in front of two others inappropriately touched at least 18 women with his Lil Watson, with his penis, during massage sessions. Imagine if those are the allegations against Stephen Ross or any of the other team owners. 25 lawsuits, all those things I just rattled off. What's the punishment? Do you think it's whatever it ends up being for Deshaun Watson? Let's say it's I don't know, 12 games and $10 million. Do you think that's the punishment for a team owner? Do you think that team owner is still a team owner going forward? No. No. That's the way to make a comparison. you got to look at the wrongdoing. If it's aligning, if it's the same, if Stephen Ross is accused of doing exactly what Deshaun Watson is accused of doing, Stephen Ross is no longer... Uh, a team owner in the NFL. It's not happening. Deshaun Watson's going to come back. He's going to serve his punishment. He's going to be back in the NFL. Um, so I, I find those conversations to be pretty interesting. And uh, yet they're still out there. I just would make the comparison in a, a different way. That's all. I would try to make it as apples to apples as possible. Because when you're comparing tampering and the allegations in the Deshaun case, they're very, very different. Very different. And I understand, I fully understand that what attacks like the the fabric of the game, right? Tampering, they take those charges seriously because that impacts the on-the-field product. I totally understand that. But don't let that get you off. Don't let that get you off base over here. Like, try to make the comparisons as apples to apples as possible. And when you do that, I think you can tell that it's not like ownership is just getting off scot-free. Like, eh, no big deal. Totally fine. All good. Here's your $1.5 million fine. It's, you, have to, you have to look at the exact wrongdoing, at the exact crimes, and make your comparison with how team ownership is getting fined, how Deshaun Watson is getting fined. You know, even if you look at the Washington Commanders with Daniel Snyder, and it's been bad over there. But it hasn't been bad to the point that there have been 25 civil lawsuits alleging all the things that have been alleged against Deshaun Watson. Daniel Snyder got fined $10 million, right? So it's just, keep that in mind. I would just try to make it as apples to apples as possible if you're going to compare the way players are punished 
and the way team ownership is punished. All right, 877-99 on Fox is your phone number. You want to check in, feel free to do so. We got lots going on. Coming up next, if you're on hold, stay there. I'll get right to you. And some interesting comments. A Hall of Famer with some things to say about the Hall of Fame. Do you buy what he's selling? That's on the way. I'm Brian No. Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No here on Fox Sports Radio. Okay, as promised, let's get out to the calls here. You know, appreciate your patience with me. Our good friend Andrea is over in Berkeley. Has some thoughts for us. What's going on, Andrea? We got a full moon going on tonight, or is it? Uh, it's changed over the last couple of nights. What are we looking at? Yeah, here? no, it's. Uh, how you doing? It's been intense with the full moon, and uh, I was just looking at Fernando Tatis's astrology chart, uh-huh. and it's um, interesting. January second, nineteen ninety-nine, Dominican Republic, and sometimes those birthdays aren't very accurate, but we'll go with that, and. Um, the thing is, Mercury is a planet of communication, Brian, and he's having a challenging Neptune transit to his Mercury, which is about any ranging from miscommunication to outright deception. So the oh. motorcycle accidents, huh. uh, you know, the illusion, the confusion in communication, um, you know, hard to distinguish fact from fiction. And, you know, he just, um, it's an aspect of tension and disillusionment and confusion, basically deception, disillusionment and confusion. Is there a sign that lends itself to using PEDs more than others? Well, here's the thing, and I'm glad you asked. Um, He's a Capricorn, and I must say they're super ambitious. Ah. So on some level, uh, Brian, that's an excellent question. It's like they'll stop at nothing. You know, they just really want to win at any cost. They're very um, opportunist and can be calculating, kind of over-ambitious, almost Machiavellian. Ah. So there is that. And it's interesting because Clevenger, who made that comment about, you know, he's got to grow up, he's December 21. He's right on the cusp. Um, But, you know, um, A.J. Preller, and this was interesting, I did a little research, he said there's a pattern here. Yeah. I thought that was a very astute observation because there is indeed a pattern here. And check this out. The Neptune transit, it's an outer planet, can last well over two years. Gotcha. And no, that's good. Stuff- last thing, last thing though, Andrea, how yeah. long do full moons last? How long are we looking at here? I don't. Oh, you know, I'm glad you asked that. It's sort of like a cold. It's like two days before the uh-huh. day of and two days after. <laughs> okay. All right. I, I listen. Always good to hear from you, Andrea. Good stuff. Yes. Thank you. Enjoying the show. Take good care. <laughs> you too. Always for sure. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Those ambitious Capricorns. Is that what we're taking away from that? All right, so people want to check in on Deshaun. I'm curious what uh, what these people have to say. Let's go out to uh, Raphael is in Long Beach, has something for us. Welcome to Fox Sports Radio. What's on your mind? Hey, uh, good morning, brother. How you doing? Good, bud. You know what? I was, I was talking to my wife today about this whole Deshaun Watson thing, and are, are we all on the same page here? So... Are, are we going to say that these women are saying the truth? It's, it's kind of hard to believe when when you're when you're that famous and you have that much money, 
why would he need to sexually assault his women? Why, why would he have to do that? He could just pay a couple thousand dollars and get himself a fancy escort and not jeopardize his career. So how do we know these women are even saying the truth? Well, but Raphael, even though that's true, that, uh, listen, Deshaun Watson is a, a good-looking, rich, NFL, famous quarterback. He doesn't even need escorts. Like, if he has any game whatsoever, it's got women left and right. So, But that doesn't mean just because that's the case, it didn't happen. I understand what you're thinking here, but that's the only flaw in it, which is why, why would he need to do that? He wouldn't need to, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen, right? So I, I think about most crimes. You could say, why would you need to fill in the blank, right? Why would you need to uh, shoot this person or shoot these people? Or you could play that game left and right. That doesn't mean just because it doesn't make sense that it didn't happen. You know what I mean? Uh, let's go out to uh, Randy is over there in Minnesota as a thought for us. What's going on, Randy? How much? How about you? I'm good, man. Everything's fine. That's good to hear. Say, you know, you were comparing apples to apples with Deshaun Watson's penalty and the owner of the Miami Dolphins. Whatever happened to Bob Kraft with his little incident that he had? Yeah, well, it was uh, an ending of the happy variety. And gosh, I don't even know. Did he get anything for that? I'm, I'm not sure, but, at all. but there are a lot it, of people that are comparing evidence. Deshaun Watson in his situation to Robert Kraft, and it's not even remotely close. It's not even close. Like, this, this, the Deshaun Watson thing, this is not endings of the happy variety at all. This is Deshaun, the allegations at least, that Deshaun is trying to force women to do things sexually that they did not want to do. It's totally different than Robert Kraft. Now, you can argue that Robert Kraft getting busted for what seems to be going to a, a massage parlor where there is an ending of the happy variety and saying, like, that that should be punishable. Okay. I would ask you this. If we're comparing ownership to players, if a player had gone to an establishment like that, and got an ending of the happy variety, and it was a, a cash exchange, and it is illegal, but let's just say that happened. Would, would the player, would they be punished? It's possible. To be fair, it's possible. I don't think it's a certainty. Um, but that's the way I would look at that. It's a legitimate point. And if you say Robert Kraft should have gotten something for that, I, I hear you. But I'm not sure a player would if it's the exact same situation. That's the only thing I'm saying. Well, let's go to Wood. Wood's over there in Houston has something for us. What's up, Wood? You're on Fox Sports Radio. My brother, let me say it like this. I, this is the point I was going to make. You can't compare it to the Miami Falcons. You have to compare it to Robert Kraft. And the thing is, is like this. Robert Kraft was at a, a, a he was caught at a sting operation with a traffic women. That's worse than inappropriate behavior that Deshaun did. We're talking about a, a billionaire owner where they slave trafficking women, where you can go in there and pick any young lady that you want of your choosing. That's worse than what Deshaun did. 
And the NFL is not saying anything about that. And the thing is, you're talking about that wasn't his first time, but yet he settled that situation, got it out of the news media as quick as possible before the media can take control of it. And that was the same mistake. He should have settled this a long time ago. Did he do some inappropriate things? Yes, he did. Did he put himself in a bad situation by uh, on Instagram contacting all them young ladies and doing the things he did? Okay, but it was just inappropriate behavior. You want to say he forced them to do things? He, the word was corrupt, and then he come out and apologized. Now, where well, his, his apology is a little too late. It's better late than never. And then, I mean, the thing is, if you're going to attack the man. Attack him and attack everybody in the same manner. And Robert Kraft is doing something worse than what Deshaun does. And not to mention what's going on up there in Washington. They had not 700,000, not 7,000, 700,000 emails that the NFL was looking at. That's what got John Gruden fired. And they show, it's all kind of evidence in there showing inappropriate behavior with owners, GMs, going back and forth to Washington where they were taking advantage of young ladies, secretaries, cheerleaders, and they got so many emails that can put evidence on so many, but none of this is coming out. Where are the 25 civil lawsuits alleging sexual assault against the Washington commanders? Where is that? Hey, like I, the NFL is not going to let those things come out. Because it's a good old boy network. They're going to cover up those situations. The, 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 the Washington, what was the Washington newspaper? The look at those emails. It's not about the NFL, man. It came out in a Washington newspaper where they're breaking it, it, that and, news. And, and if and there were, I'll put, you, I'll put it this way. Wood, if there are 25 civil lawsuits, it's going to get out. Like, you can't play these conspiracy theories and... Have them make sense. If it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense. It's not getting out where... Look, if the NFL can't cover up everything. The story that came out about the Washington commanders and the wrongdoing and the allegations, and that's all out. The NFL is not covering that up. Trust me, if there were 25 civil lawsuits alleging sexual assault and sexual misconduct against members of the Washington Commanders organization, we would know about it. It would be out. It would be reported. The the Washington newspaper reported things that were serious, but didn't even rise to that level. Of course they'd be reporting those things if that were the case. It's just, it's too much of, hey, I don't like Deshaun getting uh, criticized for this. And what about, what about, what about, what about? And the whatabouts that you bring up don't rise to the same level. They don't. If if I can jump on a, in on this, like yeah, it's it's all about the whataboutism, and it's it's all used to just diminish what Watson probably did out here. And I, I have I have a particular problem with one of the lines he brought up that it's like coerce is not forcing it. It it is it like I I don't know how much I I don't expect a lot of our callers to know about sexual assault or sexual violence. Like it it's been it's been tough in this particular case to talk to people about things like how power is used. And that's, that's you know, one of the other callers is like, why didn't Watson do this when he had all this money? Because it's about that. It's about power. It's about knowing that you have the power and using it to achieve a fantasy of yours repeatedly over and over. 
Well, the thing is with coerce, like that forcing is not coercing. Okay. And again, these are allegations. Um, But the allegations are forced to women, forced to women to perform oral sex. That's not, yeah, some of the conduct was inappropriate. Yeah, he shouldn't have done it, but eh. no, no, no. It rises to a different level when we're talking about that. If, if some of the allegations are ejaculating on four women that are not consenting, <laughs> you can't do that, obviously. I, I just think these guys have a popular vision in their head of like physically forcing someone down and not understanding all the other ways that force can be applied psychologically in these cases. It's just, it's, this is, it's, it's too, it's too difficult to talk, to talk about with some people out there because they have this very narrow mental image of what a sexual assault is in their head. And it just, well, it's not the case. I'll just say this before we get to K fig here is if you say it's all about how the argument is made to me, if you say, Hey, the NFL should have done something about what Robert Kraft was involved in. I hear you. Fair point. But if it then becomes, and what Robert Kraft did was worse than Deshaun Watson, I'm like, whoa, hold the phone here. <laughs> hold the phone. I just don't agree with that. And I understand I understand the argument about uh, trafficking, and I, I totally get that. I understand that. Um, but again, when you're comparing consent Versus no consent. There's a clear difference between the two. I I just think that's the thing. That's where you lose me when we play this. And it was worse thing. I I just that's where you lose me if we're comparing it to Robert Kraft. Um, but if you say Robert Kraft should have been fun punished, I'm all ears, and I agree with that. Um, but I think the way the argument is made sometimes that's where you lose me. All right, well let's bring in uh, Kevin Figures here to lighten things up. Good Lord, we got very serious there for a second. Uh, let's get some scores or something in here that's less serious, K-Fig. What do you say, buddy? Well, uh, it is less serious, but I'm uh, still disappointing if you're a Padre fan. I don't know if I call this positive <laughs> news there, Brian, but uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, going to be suspended uh, for the remainder of this season. 80 games in total, so that'll encompass this season if the Padres make the playoffs, any of those games, as well as early into next season for violating the league's performance-enhancing drug policy. He did release a statement on Friday night saying he mistakenly took a medication to treat ringworm and that that medication contained the banned substance. San Diego is in Washington currently. They did defeat the Nationals 10-5 on Friday night. Uh, Juan Soto making his return to Washington drove in a run in that victory. Uh, Tommy Pham, former Padre, now for the Red Sox with a walk-off RBI single leading them over the Yankees 3-2. Kyle Tucker, a home run for Houston as they defeated Oakland. Dodgers beat Kansas City 8-3, 11 straight victories there for LA Cardinals three and Brewers one wins for Seattle Minnesota Philadelphia and the White Sox in the NFL preseason Jordan Love of the Packers two touchdowns but three interceptions and one half of work and a loss to the 49ers in San Francisco Deshaun Watson as we were just discussing from on the field standpoint one for five passing seven yards in his Browns debut against Jacksonville and the big news Jets quarterback Zach Wilson leaving the game against the Eagles with a right knee injury he will have an MRI later today Back to Brian, no. I so wonder what Aaron Rodgers thinks on the sideline watching Jordan Love. You know, I, I really do wonder what goes through his mind when he does that. And I know, I saw one of the interceptions wasn't his fault at right. all. Bounced off the it, receiver. It, yeah, yeah, right in the chest. And um, He had a nice touchdown throw to Romeo Dobbs. Mm-hmm. But 
And we always have these conversations, K-Fig, where if they didn't go with Jordan Love in that first-round pick and went with somebody else, maybe it would be a difference maker. Or maybe it would have been a complete dud and a, com- a total misfire. We'll never know. Right. Uh, but I, I do wonder what goes through Aaron Rodgers' mind. when And, and what are they going to do now with Jordan Love? His contract is nearing an end. Are, are you picking up the fifth-year option? Are you trying to extend him? Like, you're pot committed at this point. So I'm really curious to see what the Packers do right now with Jordan Love. Is Aaron Rodgers not going to be around forever? He might be only around for maybe two more years. And I think, what, two more years is what they have left on Jordan Love's contract, assuming they do pick up his fifth-year option. I guess the worst-case scenario is, because you see it nowadays in, in the NFL, most of these teams try to build contenders around their young quarterbacks before they have to pay them. You know, and so you're not going to be afforded the opportunity to do that with Jordan Love if, let's say, Aaron Rodgers retires after next season and Jordan Love shows himself as a capable quarterback. Here's the problem, Brian. What if he just shows himself to be good? Like, even on the ascent, it's like, wow, he's really did something. He can really turn the corner. And now you're giving pause to whether or not do you want to extend him early and hope that he gets better, but also taking the risk that he doesn't and he's just average. That's, it's a tough spot for the Packers to be in from a contract standpoint with Jordan Love. It is because unless, the only way they win is if they keep him and he's a difference maker. Right. That's it. Short of that, if they're like, well, we're not going to pick up his fifth-year option, it's, well, then why did you draft him in the first place, right? If uh, they pick up his option and he, he doesn't pan out or it takes a while for him to see the field or anything, it, it's like, what, what was this whole thing about? The only way they win is if they keep him and he is a difference maker, and what are your chances that that's the case? Not that great. No. <laughs> right? Like, not at all. So I, I don't know. I'd have to look, but that fifth year option, it, it's it's not worth a dollar ninety five. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you're you're getting into the territory of multi million dollars. And yeah. he was what, the twenty twenty draft. So he had twenty, twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. You're gonna have to make a decision, uh, at some point uh, at the end of this year, if you're going to pick up his fifth year in 24 okay. is the way it would work. Yeah. You certainly understand Green Bay's philosophy and why they would do it this way. You're not Look, you're not going to get a free agent, any notable – first of all, notable free agent quarterbacks rarely ever hit the market anyway. And if there is quarterback movement of a really good player, it's in the trade market. Green Bay usually doesn't trade away his draft capital because they don't have – a lot of capital to spend, and they're not necessarily a hotbed of where free agents want to come, so they have to build through the draft. So I would understand trying to get out ahead of Aaron Rodgers eventually leaving and trying to have his replacement in-house. It's unfortunate that it didn't work out, but I certainly understand the notion as to why you'd want to draft his replacement before he decides to leave. Yeah. It's interesting, too, where um, if the Packers said, we're not going to pick up the fifth-year option, and we're a little bit away from this, you know? Yep. We're this season and next season away from potentially Jordan Love being on the open market. So, like, Aaron Rodgers is around. Assuming he plays the next two years, Jordan Love might not see the field much at all. Mm-hmm. Like, if that's the case, what do you think Jordan Love would get contractually on the open market? I mean, not, it's, I mean not much, right? I mean, what has he yeah. shown? But that that's a chance the thing. To show anything. It's not going to be worth that fifth year option. Yeah. He wouldn't get that much. And the Packers would know it. 
So it's like either we're pot committed and we're just going to overpay because we've come this far and maybe it pays dividends or they let him go because they're like, we're paying way over market value. He's not going to get this on the open market somewhere with his next contract. Yeah, open market. He's going to go and go into a place where he can compete for a starting job with another journeyman somewhere. That's that's what you're looking for. And that's not going to be, you know, upwards of $15 million a year or whatever the, the money value of that fifth year is going to be. Man, what a spot to be in, you yeah, know? Right. Isn't it interesting how it varies with these first round quarterbacks? Yeah. Think about Trey Lance. It's not perfect because he's going to get compared to Jimmy G like crazy. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy G was, he was all right. He's okay. But he had a very good starting record. Right. Th- that had a lot to do with the talent of the overall, overall roster. Mm-hmm. But, but Trey Lance, in terms of talent around him, he got a lot to work with. Think about that. Trey Lance was the number three overall pick, K-Fig. So was Sam Darnold. Yeah. Like, look at their supporting <laughs> cast. It's night and day. So it's just funny how it ranges like that. Look at Jordan Love's position. He just randomly gets chosen by the Packers. And this is the situation he finds himself in. He's like, I'm behind a first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the better quarterbacks in the history of the game in Aaron Rodgers. Probably in the top 10, right? All time. Mm-hmm. And I just got drafted here, you know? Like, <laughs> it's a heck of a spot to be in. Yeah. Now, the issue with that is now that Devonta Adams is gone, you know, it's not like they, the, the Packers have this abundance of talent on the offensive side outside of Aaron Rodgers, too. Yeah. So, usually, unlike Trey Lance, and I'm not saying the Packers roster isn't good. I'm actually very bullish on them this year. A lot of people are not. I think they're great defensively. Uh, but, you know, to take Aaron Rodgers out of the equation and putting Jordan Love back there, it's not like they have a lot of offensive weapons yeah. to work with. So the cupboard, from his standpoint, oh, is kind of bare. <laughs> like, if Aaron Rodgers happens to miss some time and goes out this year and they falter, and they probably will because he's not Aaron Rodgers, that's just going to make Jordan Love look even worse. That's a good point. It really is. And we all know Aaron Rodgers has made the talent around him better. Yeah, I think it works the same way with a special receiver like Devontae Adams. Absolutely. That yeah. helped Aaron Rodgers out too. But you're right. This year, Aaron Rodgers is still going to put up good numbers. Mm-hmm. But he started 206 career games, you know? And to, go, to transition to that, if they did one year to Jordan Love, and depending on the, the quality of the supporting cast, yeah, you're right. It's a good point by you. And uh, it's like, what the hell? He's like, dude, again, I don't have much to work with right now. That's crazy. All right. Uh, Coming up next, it was a line from Goodfellas that actually applies to the Detroit Lions. I'll tell you about that. I'm Brian No. Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No here on Fox Sports. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. 
There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's radio. Okay, so a line from the movie Goodfellas. I would actually apply to an NFL team here. So it was uh, one of the more memorable moments of the movie Goodfellas early on. And Ray Liotta said this. Check it out. One day, one day some of the kids from the neighborhood carried my mother's groceries all the way home. You know why? It was out of respect. Okay, so it's the last part. It's not as much about the groceries and all that. It was out of respect. I would apply that to the Detroit Lions. Cool story. So Jamison Williams, he's the, uh, the number 12 overall pick, the wide receiver out of Alabama. So he had been wearing number 18, and he wanted to switch to a single-digit number. And so he reached out to Matthew Stafford and was like, Hey, I know you wore number 9 for a long time here. Would you be cool if I wore it? And Stafford was like, Yeah, that's cool. They texted each other back and forth. But that was a classy move by Jamison Williams. That's having some respect. That's not showing weakness. That's, that's awesome. And uh, instead of just saying, I'm going to wear number nine, Stafford's not here anymore. What say does he have in any of this? It was just a sign of, hey, man, I respect what you did here. I respect what you've done in the NFL. Would you be cool with this? I I love that story. I think it's an awesome story. So shout out to Jamison Williams. Hopefully he'll get on the field as soon as possible. Right? Suffered the torn ACL in the national championship game against Georgia. So I I hope that he can get on the field very soon. But whenever he does, he'll be rocking number nine because Stafford's cool with it. It's an awesome story. I love that. All right, let me get out to the phones. Our guy Angry Bill is over there in Jacksonville, has a thought for us. What's going on, Angry Bill? How you doing, Brian? Good, bud. Years and years ago, I owned an illegal massage parlor, okay? It's pretty tough in this day in America when a guy can't get a rub and a tug and a tug and a rub without putting his stuff all on the street. This is ridiculous, okay? I guarantee you, if they had gone to trial, how many women were there, 32? I guarantee you there at least 25 of them would have to testify that they took money for a massage and then extra money, tip money, for a rub and a tug, okay? These, these women, not all of them, okay? But I'm saying the percentage, a good percentage of them are there to give a massage and then make an extra money doing a rub and a tug. Okay, all right, Angry Bill. Thanks for checking in, man. But, like, look, man, this is not that type of business. When you're looking at the women in the Deshaun Watson case, these women, they're doing a professional job. Not every masseuse is like live is working in those type of establishments in those parlors or whatever you want to call them right so you can't equate everything to that like that's i i just i i i don't know man that that's the only thing i would say is uh you can't all these women that are alleging wrongdoing to Deshaun Watson you can't say oh they're, they're absolutely those people that uh, 
they'll perform a, a massage like a professional massage and then there's a little something at the end like not every masseuse is doing that so you can't assume that was the setup that's too much all right coming up next Sometimes the reality is worse than the reputation. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Hope you're enjoying your early morning. So uh, so the Jets, they're in the news. Zach Wilson suffered a right knee injury. Non-contact. Troubling. Troubling, to say the least. I hate those non-contact injuries where a player is cutting, shifting direction. That's what Zach Wilson was doing. He'll have an MRI on Saturday. So we should know relatively soon how severe the knee injury is. So like clockwork, it turns into, why was he even playing, right? So just a couple of reasons as to why Zach Wilson was out there to begin with. A couple of numbers. So Zach Wilson, he was beyond brutal last season as a rookie quarterback in the NFL. His QBR was uh, 28. That was his total QBR from 0 to 100. It's 28. That was 30th in the NFL. He was dead last in completion percentage. Only about 56% of his passes were completed. And this is the best stat. He was dead last in off target percentage so 24 percent was the case so think about that one in every four throws from zach wilson was off target <laughs> like that that includes in today's nfl a lot of easy throws screens throws over the middle short distance away one in every four throws was off target for zach wilson so the point is, he was freaking brutal last year. That's why he's out there getting some reps. It's unfortunate he got banged up. I hope it's not a significant injury. But I just hate that it turns into, without fail, after any preseason injury. Why was he out there to begin with? Why, why was he even playing? It's, again, <laughs> Zach Wilson is far from being a finished product far so he needs reps if you didn't have a problem with Zach Wilson getting on the field and getting reps before he got injured it doesn't make sense to have a huge problem with it after he got injured and this is where sometimes I think it works in sports where the reputation is worse than the reality I'll give you an example to a tongue of Iloa full disclosure I am a Dolphins fan but hear me out. I can put my fandom to the side, give you a non-BS assessment. The way Tua is talked about, it's not the reality. Okay? He's talked about as if he is easily the worst quarterback, not only in the NFL today, but in the NFL over the last 10 years at a minimum. This guy, he can't. Throw the long ball. This guy, what? Oh, he stinks. He's brutal. You hear that left and right. It's like, 
The guy's got a 13 and 8 record as a starter. That's not horrible. If you look at his stats, they're not awful. Yet his reputation is in the toilet. He is an example of a player where the reputation is worse than the reality. I'm not telling you the reality is sparkling and he's awesome and he's been a can't-miss player. He hasn't been. But the reality of Tua Tungavailoa these first two years in the NFL, the reality is actually better than his reputation. I'll put it this way. If you haven't seen Tua Tungavailoa throw a pass in the NFL and you just went by the mainstream opinion, you would think Tua is way worse than he actually is. I think somebody else. Last year, in particular, Carson Wentz. Again, not a guy who's walking on quarterback water. He certainly it got his flaws. But the way he was talked about last season, oh, the season fell apart. Oh, this guy, he averaged less than 200 yards per game throwing the ball. He did. It's like, at the end of the day, he threw 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions. That's not awful. It was not as bad as it was made out to be. I think Zach Wilson is the opposite of both of those examples. I think that the reality of Zach Wilson so far in the NFL, it's worse than his reputation. He doesn't have a sparkling reputation. It's not like a lot of people sing his praises. But he doesn't get near the criticism of Tua Tungavailoa or Carson Wentz. Not even close. He was way worse than both of those guys last year. Way worse. And yet you don't hear about it a whole heck of a lot. You know, that is one of the instances where the reality for Zach Wilson in his rookie season, it it was actually worse than his reputation. I, I I would argue people didn't sing his praises. They they just didn't really they didn't really care. They didn't really pay close attention. I think he's one of those guys, if you compare him to the other first round quarterbacks, I think Zach Wilson got lost in the shuffle in terms of talking points way more than the other guys. We talked about uh Mac Jones for sure. We talked about Justin Fields, his rookie season with the Bears. We talked about Trevor Lawrence. We focused in on Trey Lance a good amount. Certainly right now we focus in on Trey Lance. I think Zach Wilson was the one guy that we didn't focus on a whole heck of a lot. You might have gotten a, I don't know, a segment on TV or sports radio out of it, or you might have listened to that. That's about it. He wasn't a, a consistent talking point. But when you are dead last in completion percentage, dead last in off-target percentage, 30th in QBR, he... He had the fourth worst QBR by a rookie in the last 10 seasons. Fourth worst over the last 10 seasons. Think how many quarterbacks have been around the last 10 seasons as rookies. have been a lot. And he was the fourth worst. (laughs) So the whole point is that's why he's on the field in the preseason. That's why he's getting some reps. Because he really needs them. Like, really needs them. <laughs> and uh, so that, that's your answer right there. I want to get bent out of shape over an injury like that. It's football. Injuries are going to happen. Not every injury is avoidable. 
And if you want to put Zach Wilson in bubble wrap and say, oh, we can't risk injury, and he doesn't get reps in the preseason, he doesn't get reps in practice, I can guarantee you he's going to be a disaster. Guaranteed. So you got to take some risk and you got to get him on the field. And you cross your fingers that there's never a significant injury, but there might be. It's unfortunate. I just chalk it up to it being unfortunate instead of it being clearly avoidable and the Jets are stupid for not avoiding it. You got to get them on the field, man. I'm Brian No here on Fox Sports Radio. I'll tell you, this has got to be my, my favorite story of the NFL offseason thus far. It's with the Patriots. The Patriots, they have two play callers as it stands right now. Matt Patricia called plays on Thursday night against the Giants. And Joe Judge called plays on Thursday night against the Giants. (laughs) You hear the old saying where it's, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. I guess you could probably apply it to play callers also. If you've got two offensive play callers, you don't have one. (laughs) Like that sort of deal. This is just weird. So... Matt Patricia, who was the Patriots' defensive coordinator for six seasons, he's one of the guys calling offensive plays now. No more Josh McDaniels. He's the head coach of the Raiders. So who's the new play caller for the Patriots? Well, it's Matt Patricia through one game in the preseason. It's also Joe Judge, who was last the head coach of the Giants, but he's mostly been a special teams coach during his coaching career. He's the other guy calling offensive plays. It's weird. So Belichick was asked about this after the preseason game on Thursday. And here's one of the interactions with the reporter. Check it out. Do you know if one will call plays when the regular season arrives? Yeah, well, don't worry about that. We'll, we'll work it out. <laughs> so have you decided? We, we're going through a process, just like everything else on this team. Don't worry about that. As eh, a little minor detail of who's calling the plays. Don't worry about that. We're working it out. Just, you know, worry about other stuff. What can I tell you? So there's a little bit more on the play calling between Patricia and Judge. Check this out. Just really quickly, just to follow up if I could. You mentioned earlier um, with the offensive play call, you're going through a process. What do you need to see to make a final decision? Anything. I just, we're going through a process. Simple as that. Okay, it's just a little bit of a an unusual situation for us that have watched you guys before, and so what do you want me to do? I guess we're just looking for a little clarity as to great why we're seeing what we're seeing. Yeah, going through a process. Okay. <laughs> oh man, it's just comedy. Here, here's what I'll say. Okay, here's what I'll say. It's a weird deal with Belichick and with players that are short with the media, okay? I think there's a difference between I just don't want to do this media obligation and I don't want to do this, but I also don't want to just give you trade secrets. You know what I mean? Like, I I cut some slack to players, coaches, if they're vanilla, because it helps the team. Okay? If it helps the team, fine. We just saw the Derek Jeter special. It's actually better than I thought it was going to be. Um, 
But Jeter was infamous for that. He did that by design. He wasn't going to say things that were going to create distractions for the team. So he was very vanilla on purpose. Um, If you look at Belichick, a lot of these things, yes, he can be gruff. Yes, he can be like, "Eh, I don't really feel like doing this. But most of the time, it is for the betterment of the team. I think Greg Popovich is a guy who just doesn't want to participate. It's not so much about he doesn't want to reveal certain things. I can understand you don't want to reveal your game plan. Fine. You don't want to reveal how you're going to attack the next week's you know, starting point guard or Belichick's case, the next week's starting quarterback. Fine. I understand you want to play things close to the vest. But there are things where Greg Popovich just doesn't want to do it. He thinks it's stupid. He doesn't want to participate. I think that's lame. But when it comes to Belichick, if he's saying, hey, we're on to Cincinnati. I don't want to talk about getting blown out by the Chiefs. We're on to Cincinnati. Okay, we're on to the next week. That, to me, isn't a lack of wanting to participate. That, to me, is we're focused on the next opponent, which is where our focus needs to be. I'm totally fine with that. This is a bit in the middle when it comes to play calling. I can understand that he doesn't want to answer 50 questions that are coming his way if he answers the first two questions. They're not going to stop digging. So I understand he wants to stop all of that. We're just going through a process, okay? If you're you're like, uh, yeah, I I think Matt Patricia's done a nice job. Is he going to be your play caller? Yeah, we're leaning that way. Well, what's going to cause you to actually commit to, well, and you're just playing this whole game. I understand he doesn't want to do that. But, you know, these are legitimate questions. And when it's, hey, don't worry about that. <laughs> we kind of, kind of important to understand like, who the play caller is on the offensive side of the ball for the season. It's, it's a funny thing. I'll give you another example. Marshawn Lynch. A lot of people said critical things about Marshawn Lynch. Now that's a case he just didn't want to do it. That's to me in the Popovich category. If you just don't want to, it's like tough. That's part of the gig. You know? You talk to the media. It's set up that way. It's an obligation. It creates sound bites. You see him on TV shows. You hear him on sports radio. It drums up more interest, which creates ratings and creates a paycheck for you. Like It's just the way it goes. It's part of the obligation. It's part of the deal. So the, I just don't want to, if it's beast mode or if it's Greg Popovich, I think that's lame. At times, Belichick is guilty of that. At other times, he doesn't want to give up trade secrets. And I, I can understand that. I think, I think honestly, I think Belichick is more along the Jeter side than the Beast Mode Popovich side. Right? I, I think Belichick is more about, I, I don't want to, I don't want to create distractions. I don't want to create headlines. I don't want to create these talking points that are going to come up again and again and again. I want us focused on the next opponent. I I really do think it's more so the Jeter thing, not trying to create distractions, trying to uh, kill distractions, really. Your comments on that or anything else, feel free to hit us up. 877-99 on Fox. That's the number. Also on Twitter, if you're so inclined. At The No Show is where you can find me. Okay, coming up next. 
Uh, interesting thoughts from a Hall of Famer. We will absolutely pay that off right around the corner. I'm Brian No. Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No here on Fox Sports Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Yeah, so Deion Sanders, head coach at Jacksonville State, also a pro football Hall of Famer. So he had some interesting thoughts about some Hall of Famers that have been recently enshrined, right? So this is on Twitter. Here's what uh, Coach Prime had to say about that. Check it out. The Hall of Fame ain't the Hall of Fame no more. It, it, it... I love it. I respect it. I admire it. I think all the guys who are inducted definitely are deserving. But it needs to be a different color jacket. My, my, my jacket got to be a different color. It, it uh-uh. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It, it needs to be a starting, starting 11. It needs to be an upper room. I, my head don't belong with some of these other heads that's in the Hall of Fame. Put my head, what they call them? Bust? Well, I call it the head. Bust. Put my bust. Put my head. My head. Do that. Put my head where my head supposed to be. My head don't supposed to be about him. Mm-mm. I'm sorry. I'm just being honest. I'm saying what y'all are thinking, and a lot of y'all Hall of Famers are thinking the same thing. This thing is becoming a free fall now, man. You, if you play good, you no, no, it ain't good. It's people that change the game. That's what the Hall of Fame is. Mm. Uh, okay. Here's the thing with Dion. I love how he said it. I love how he said, my head doesn't belong with some of these other heads. <laughs> like, meaning he was a better player than some of these other Hall of Famers. Yeah, that's the way it works. Like, all these Hall of Famers, they're not on the same level. There are levels within the Hall of Fame. Just take position by position. If you look at quarterbacks, we're always talking about how these all-time quarterbacks rank and who's where. And It's not like, oh, you're in the Hall of Fame? Well, cool, you're on you're in Tier 1. And there aren't any levels within that, right? Like, that's the way it's always worked. And so I disagree with a part of what he's saying where he's saying, no, if you're just really good, that's not good enough for the Hall of Fame. You have to change the game. There are so many Hall of Famers 
that belong in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion, but didn't change the game. Like, didn't fundamentally change. They were so great that they changed the game. Like, that's, no. I I just, that's not the case. And I also think a lot of this comes from what just recently happened. The most recent Hall of Fame class, it wasn't star-studded. You didn't have that one, like, A-lister. It was a good class, but you didn't have that, I don't know, when Tom Brady goes in, where it's like, whoa, it just makes the class look like a wow, you know? Yet Bryant Young was a great defensive lineman, but did he change the game? No. Does that mean he doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame? I would argue no, it doesn't. So it's not like they're letting in just these Joe Schmo players. It's not the Basketball Hall of Fame where it's so much easier to get into. It's still not easy to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So I I just... Some of it's true. Some of it is these players are not on Dion's level. Dion was one of the best players the game has ever seen. One of. I'll put it this way. If you're ranking every single Hall of Famer currently in Canton, Dion Sanders is going to be ranking high on that list. Not everybody is on Dion's level. That's true. But this idea that you have to change the game to get in there, I, I just don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. I, I would I would love to know what Dion's list is of the players that he says oh, they changed the game. Because I, I would love to hear that list. Because I'm not convinced that they did. I I can't. I can't know for sure unless I I hear the list, right? But I think you understand what I'm saying. I think Dion would say, now this guy, whoever it is, that guy belongs in the Hall of Fame. That guy belongs in the Hall of Fame. That guy belongs in the Hall of Fame. And I would would bet big money that if we knew what that list was, you could argue that some of those players didn't actually change the game. Not just in football. How many players in sports have changed the game? You know what I mean? Like that's, when you're talking to old school Kareem Abdul-Jabbar when he's Luau Cinder or Steph Curry modern day or Bill Russell with the shot blocking, Wilt Chamberlain for sure. Like There are players, Shaq, that have changed the game. But whatever sport you're talking about, That list is not extensive. If you're only allowing players into the Hall of Fame who changed the game, you'd have, I don't know, like 15, 20 guys in your Hall of Fame. (laughs) That's just, that that to me is, I, I think it's sustained greatness, right? It's either sustained greatness or short-term brilliance. Say like a Gale Sayers, short-term brilliance. Uh, Terrell Davis with the Broncos, short-term brilliance. There are some players that belong, I think, in Canton, short-term brilliance, or it's sustained greatness. And that's what I think you have. I don't think these guys that are like, they give you a glimpse of goodness, then they're in the Hall of Fame. Like, that's just not what's happening. I think it's an overreaction, in my opinion. All right, we make way. Before we get to the calls, let's catch up with Kevin Figures. 
who's with us this morning. Does a fine job, as always. K-Fig. Before we get to the update, how's life going on, man? I I haven't talked to you about life. Everything good? Everything's good, Brian. No complaints, man. I'm uh, geared up and ready for the fall fall schedule. You know, got the last final vacations out of the way, and we're locked in. We're knee-deep. Starting now, going all the way Uh through February in the Super Bowl. So I'm ready to go. What are you most looking forward to? Is it your Raiders or just ball in general? Really football in general, to be honest. I'm intrigued by the Raiders. Honestly, I'm just intrigued by the AFC West. I have never yeah. in my lifetime uh, seen a division, at least going into a season, this stacked. This could be the best division in the history of the sport. Obviously, things are going to happen. Injuries will pop up. But, I mean, I'm just in – you can ha- have a legitimate argument for any one of the four teams that, that could actually win the division. And I don't know if I've ever said that about a division before. So, from an NFL standpoint, that's what I'm looking forward to most is yeah. that AFC West race. I'm going to give you, off the top of my head, a couple of AFC West questions okay. after your update. You okay, know, good. we'll bookend it like that. All right. Well, uh, we'll start out West. Uh, some pretty bad news for the uh, San Diego Padres. Riding high after that Juan Soto-Josh Bell trade last week. Now brought back down to earth a little bit. Fernando Tatis Jr. has not played at all this year, will not play this year now. He's been suspended for 80 games for violating the performance enhancing in drugs policy for Major League Baseball, so he'll miss the final 48 games of this season as well as any potential playoff games this year. They would also count towards the 80-game total, and, of course, the rest will be served in 2023. San Diego did win in Washington 10-5, the aforementioned Juan Soto, a couple of hits in his first game back in the nation's capital. Elsewhere, Seattle has won 4-5. They beat the Rangers 6-2. Dodgers, their 11th straight victory with a win in Kansas City 8-3. Yankees have lost 8-9 after the Red Sox walked them off 3-2. Two. Aaron Judge did hit his league-leading 46 home run in the loss. Matt Olson, a home run for the Braves and a victory over Miami. Wins for the Guardians, Phillies, and Baltimore. In the NFL, Jets quarterback Zach Wilson left their preseason game against the Eagles in the first quarter. Why was he even out there to begin with, K-Fig? Uh, probably didn't have the greatest year last year when he actually was healthy. Probably wouldn't hurt to get a couple extra reps. Uh, had a knee yeah. injury. Uh, hopefully uh, he'll be okay. He will have an MRI uh, later today, but those non-contact injuries are always pretty scary. Uh, receiver Drake London, rookie for the Falcons, caught one pass for 24 yards on that same play, banged up his knee a little bit. All the reports are that he will end up being fine, but he was removed from the game as a precaution. Back to Brian now. Okay, K-Fig, I've got a couple of AFC West hard-hitting questions for you. All right. Which would surprise you more, okay? Would it be the Broncos finishing last place or your Raiders finishing first place? I'd be more surprised if the Raiders finishing first than the Broncos finishing last. Yeah. Okay, what's the thought process there? Well, and uh, people are really bullish on Denver and thought the only missing piece that they had was Russell Wilson. I'm still not as bullish on them. I like their defensive backfield. Uh, Outside of Chubb, still questions about their pass rush up front. Um... I and offensively, look, you lose. It's like they use lose a receiver every single year in training camp to a torn ACL. It's unfortunate uh-huh. for them, and they lost another one last week. I don't know. There just seems to be something missing for Denver. Look, I can easily see them winning 10, 11 games and making the postseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's some holes there, and I think there's holes with the – I was going to call the Raiders Oakland. Uh, for Las Vegas, too, I think that the, the two teams that you can kind of stake the strongest claim to are Kansas City despite losing Tyreek Hill because they have Patrick Mahomes in there, and she still has Travis Kelsey. And the Chargers, who are as talented as any team as that I've seen in a long period of time. They just have to put it all together and stay healthy. Uh, so I think it's easiest to claim for those two. The Raiders and the Broncos are the two teams that I can see anywhere from 8 to 12 wins, to be honest with you. Yeah. 
Okay, interesting. I think I know your answer on this one. I think the other question was better. But which would surprise you more? Chiefs finish in first place or the Chargers finish in last place? Wow. I will be shocked if the Chargers finish last place. Okay. You know, absolutely surprised. I, I, outside of some major injuries happening on that roster, I, I can I don't see how they can finish any worse than second and be a wild card team. If yeah. they look, if they don't, if that happens and it's not injury related, Brian, heads are gonna roll. Like I, I'm not. I would never call for anybody's job, and I don't think Brandon Staley would lose his job. But if nothing else, he'd be on the hot seat going into year three, mm-hmm. if something like that were to happen. Because the amount of resources, this is the, the most amount of money that De- uh, Dean Spanos has spent in an offseason for as long as I can remember, and I've been covering the Chargers for over a decade now, like they are as all in as it gets, trying to uh, put a winner around Justin Herbert before his big payday comes up in the next year or so. So if the Chargers find some way to fall into the, the bottom of the division, so, something major is going to happen with that team because they, they have never been in a more prime position to win than they are now, maybe dating back to the old Philip Rivers days some 15 years ago or so. Okay, I lied. I love this AFC West discussion. I've got one more off the top of my head. I don't even know if this is a good question or not. All right. Okay. Which would surprise you more? Three playoff teams, each winning at least 10 games, or only two playoff teams from that division? Wow. Give that to me one more time. Three yeah. playoff teams. Three playoff teams. They each win at least 10 they games. They win 10 games, okay. Or they only get two teams in the playoffs. It's hard to have a single division have three teams win 10, 10 games. It is. Even in a 17-game schedule. That one, I, I don't know AFC. how many times. It, it did happen last year in the NFC in the West. The NFC West, but correct. it's rare. It is rare. Extremely rare. Considering what were you going to say, Chris? I was going to say, considering there's other divisions the AFC that I look at them like I I have no doubts the AFC North is going to have at least one wild card team. Right. So and I I'm sure we could probably mm. I I'm not saying that the South is probably going to be strong or the East is going to be strong, but right. it's it's not just going to be just slot in two extra teams from the AFC West. Like there's going to be a battle for that yeah. third wild card. All right, that's fair. Yeah, Miami's going to be in the mix for a wild card. I will believe. You know, there's going to be there's some viable teams. I like uh, what you're saying there, Casey. I'm sure. That's I'm right. sure you do. And Hash, I, I know, hashtag fins up. I wasn't the biggest fan of Tua either, but I mean, you get him with a strong running game. That's what McDaniel is all about. You get him some extra weapons on offense. He's just in a position now where he just can't don't screw it up. Yeah, he'll be just fine. I feel a little bad, just almost stealing money from one of my friends. <laughs> but he was like, "All right, here's the thing. If I'm right, I get seventy five dollars. If you're right, you get twenty five dollars." I'm like, okay. He says, I'm telling you every team in the AFC West is going to have at least 10 wins. I'm like, dude, I'm stealing $25 from you. That's freaking insane. I mean, just even looking at the South, like Colts and uh, I could see both the Colts and Titans making the playoffs too. Taking a wild you know, card, like it's just, just it's, Chris, a, it's a good conference. Chris is not even paying attention to the latest thing. He's still. No, I know. <laughs> I know. I, I, I'm, I'm listening to you trying to take money from your friend. I but know. That's Chris is accurate in a. It's like the elimination theory, though. Too, it's like, all right, let me look at this. As as enthralled as we all are with the AFC West, and we are because it's spectacular. There are other good teams in the conference too, <laughs> which makes it that much more. Yeah, compelling. Well, that's true. So See, look at you. You're like, you're the. You're the you're the glue here, K-Fig. You're the one that's <laughs> tying things together. I like that. Very well done by you. Of course, anytime I'm trying. I'm trying my best, but this this will be but all teams winning 10, 
How you can ever put money on that is beyond me. Let me throw one other thing at you, okay? Because I was thinking about this. I was thinking about who the most interesting team, maybe not the best, but the most interesting team in the NFL is right now, and also the least interesting. So I think of this kind of like college football rankings. This is subject to change. It's a fluid situation. Mm -hmm. But as of right now, I would argue that the most interesting team in the NFL is the Cleveland Browns. I literally, it's a long story, I won't bore you with it, but I was supposed to have NFL Plus. I've had Game Pass before. I was supposed to have it. There was a credit card snafu, and I didn't have it. The credit card, the new one arrived today, and I'm like, I gotta get, I gotta get it now, so I can see Deshaun Watson. How does he look? What what are the Browns gonna look like? I would argue they're the most interesting team in the NFL right now. Is that crazy to you? No, because they have the biggest the biggest variable to determine whether or not they will have a uber successful season or potentially a mediocre season. Look from a talent standpoint, yeah, they're as good as any team in the league, but they're glaring weakness. And this is kind of what people talked about with the Broncos too, who are bullish on them was the quarterback position. So if you believe the missing piece was an elite quarterback for Cleveland, Deshaun Watson solves that puzzle. But you know, if he's it's not funny. there, it's, yeah. it's different. That's right. The crazy thing to me is the Deshaun Watson storyline has been monstrous. What is the next biggest storyline right now in the NFL? Like, really, think about that. Mm. What is it? I mean, you could come up with maybe it's Zach Wilson currently getting right. injured and... But really, like, what team has a story? Trey Lance taking over with San Francisco. I'm not but, saying there aren't storylines, but there's a big gap between the two, right? Yeah, I think that's thing tying the the uh, Zach Wilson and the Browns together. It's the storyline. It's Jimmy Garoppolo. What's going to happen? And Trey Lance sure. tied in too. It's like what's going to yeah. happen with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that's number two. Yeah, but it's we, a distant number two. Yeah, everything is a distant number two to Deshaun Watson. But, you know, with the preseason and the story always was, well, they're waiting out Jimmy G to see if they can make a trade with a quarterback, you know, desperate team if and when injuries happen. And here we are, first weekend yeah. of the of the preseason, and we already have a, a starter, hopefully not for anything serious, but potentially could be out for a while, and maybe the Jets are on the market for a starting quarterback. Yeah, it's just crazy to me, all the layers to it. It's how long is the suspension for Deshaun Watson? Depending on that, do they go out and get Jimmy G? Are they starting Jacoby Brissett, who's not even getting the bulk of first-team reps right now? There's just (laughs) so many layers with the Browns right now. They have the most layers uh, in terms of talking points and, I would argue, just interesting storylines. I put them at the top of the list. At the least, i just say the Texans right now. You could go Falcons, not a whole lot of intrigue, but you got Drake London, you got Kyle Pitts. Like, I think even Mariota kind of keeps the Falcons a little more interesting than Texans. Texans are a just, little, yeah. forget them. I'd put the Texans at the bottom. I'd put them dead last. You know, if the Jets don't have Zach Wilson and it's the Joe Flacco show, eh, Oof. you might have a new leader in the clubhouse. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. it's just right now we have the intrigue <laughs> with Wilson, so that keeps them just above the Texans in the <laughs> rankings. <laughs> It's like what's what? the intri- what's the intrigue with the Texans? What is it? What what is that? Just more I, Davis Mills, Derek Stingley Jr. What does yeah. he look like? There are the overall pick. I will say there are some who are very bullish on Davis Mills. Not not yeah. that he's some Hall of Famer or anything, but like, hey, this guy is actually a capable starting NFL quarterback. I there think the only believers. thing interesting about Davis Mills is the size of his neck. What does he have? A middle linebacker? He, he neck? has a massive neck. Really? I think massive I think neck. there was a quote 
from some blog, I think it was from PFF, something about like his mom, uh, Davis Mills was saying like his mom wanted to get an advertising deal with some company that makes turtleneck sweaters or something. It's a, <laughs> it's a monstrous neck. I'll have to check out that neck. Yeah, was not aware of that it out one. Here. Yeah, we'll check it out. All right, uh, we're going to close it down in style coming up next. Feel free to hit us up, 877-99 on Fox. That is your phone number. We'll shoehorn as much good stuff as we can before the show ends. Actually, I'll give you a feel-good story along with some calls. That's on the way. I'm Brian No. Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No here on Fox Sports Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Video, kind of funny to see the uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Gatorade commercials right now. Maybe not the greatest timing for Gatorade. (laughs) There's a commercial featuring Carl Anthony Towns, Paige Beckers, just some random athletes. Fernando Tatis Jr. is in that commercial. He's just been busted. Violated the PED policy. 80-game suspension. And he's featured in the Gatorade ad. That's uh, not great for Gatorade as far as that goes. But the old, what was the excuse? I was uh, using something for a ringworm over here as well. How how are they going with that? His official statement, it turns out that I inadvertently took a medication to treat ringworm that contained clostable. Yeah, that's we got to come up with something better than that, man. We got to come up with a better. His mother posted a... uh a photo of like a rash on his neck. Yeah. Claiming that it was like that was... What he was using the topical cream for? Man. Another pro- I saw another report saying that yeah, that's crazy. It was used to like Craziness. cover up. Okay, let me uh, let me get out to the phones here. Uh, our guy Cowboy is there. Cowboy in Windsor. Let's go to Cowboy's corner. What's going on, bud? Oh, oh, hi, Brian. Well, uh, when I was a kid, one of my friends, uh, Robert uh, Chip Harrison, who died uh, four years ago in May, um, three months after my, uh, before my sister Karen had ringworm. But anyway, uh, congratulations to the NBA to uh, retiring Bill Russell's number all over the league. And uh, 
Uh, speaking of legends, on August 13, 1995, we lost uh, Mickey Mantle, age 63, to cancer, despite his having a liver transplant about six weeks before that, and that was four days after the death of another, the other music legend, Jerry Garcia, the guitarist and founder of the Grateful Dead, and uh, 40 years ago today, Joe Tex, you know, skinny legs and all, and hold what you've got fame, died of a heart attack four days after he turned 47, and the day before that, August 12, 1982, another all-time great uh, World Boxing Council um, uh, featherweight champion Salvador Sanchez, a mere 23, died in a car crash near his Mexican hometown 22 days earlier, July uh, 21st, 1982. He had his final title defense, 15th round KO of Azuma Nelson, who, by the way, has the same birthday as my mother. He was 64 July 19th, because my mother was born July 19th, 1917. And uh, happy early 63rd birthday to Irvin Magic Johnson. I hope you have a great day tomorrow. And also 85 years ago tomorrow, the Tigers slaughtered the St. Louis Browns 16-1 to and 20-7 to in a doubleheader, and that was 24 runs for the most of the doubleheader until August 22nd, 2007, when the uh, Texas Rangers uh, slaughtered the Browns uh, predecessors, the Baltimore Orioles, a major league record for one game, 30-3 to and then 9-7. to And we'll see Ronaldo Stice, who challenged Larry Holmes for the heavyweight title, knocking down the seventh round, but was stopped in the eleventh round, will be 66 on Monday. And, of course, Elvis and Aretha died August 16, 1977, and August 16, 2018, respectively. Aretha's passing five days after my sister came. And if you've ever heard of the Blue Ribbon Baker, Marjorie Johnson, who was on a lot of shows, I guess, years ago, she was a, a hundred and three on the ninth. Well, anyway, remember, you got to be a boy to be a cowboy. Well, and have a great uh, weekend, everybody. You too, cowboy. Appreciate that, man. You know what I take out of that with the shout out to the Grateful Dead? I freaking hate the Grateful Dead, man. I I hate the Grateful Dead so much. Nothing personal, like, you know, Jerry Garcia, nothing against anybody in particular, but it's just the, the style of music. I almost got into a fight. It's a true story. I almost got into a fight with one of my good friends who was playing the Grateful Dead in his own how, his own place. Like, it was back in college. They rented a house. I went over there. We were just hanging out. He's playing the Dead. I kept turning it off. He's like, what's what the hell? <laughs> we almost threw down. I went to his home and was turning off his music. What's wrong with me? But hey, I, that's how much I hate him. I hate him. Uh, by the way, feel good story. Winton Bernard. Uh, he made it to the to the big leagues finally. Major league debut with the Colorado Rockies. 863 career minor league games. Finally made it there. Really cool story. We'll see you. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 